Save it for the show. Attention. <laughs> the movie guys love movies. Any comments about a bubble-butted female roaming the countryside, acting bizarre, and making us laugh at her are purely for entertainment purposes only. Isn't that right, Kim Kardashian? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> movie showcast. Now, come on. Now, m- movie showcast, you're incorrigible. <laughs> but I love you. <laughs> you could do no wrong in my eyes. Yeah, I can't. I look so into cute. those eyes. And I, yeah. <laughs> Kim Kardashian joke. Yeah. Oh. That's the Rob Ford's crazy jokes and the uh, Chris Christie's <laughs> yeah. fat jokes. Throw it in the pile. <laughs> in fact, I feel bad saying that uh, Melissa McCarthy would have a bubble butt. Because that's the mm. deal. We're thinking, hey, we're talking about Tammy. No, we're talking about yeah. Kim Kardashian. Not I would I would go J-Lo. out with I would go out with Melissa McCarthy in a heartbeat over Kim Kardashian. Agree. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. So there you go, Melissa. We <laughs> loves we loves you. So come on the show is what we're so trying to say. That's what we're trying God. to say. You're promoting the thing. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the movie showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling movie guys empire. Who the hell is Julius Caesar? You know I don't follow the NBA. Anchorman 2. Okay. <laughs> You've reached uh, ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show cast every week. Basically, search the movie guys uh, anywhere you like on the internet and Googles, and we come right up. iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher. And, of course, themovieguys.net, absolutely free. And we encourage you to subscribe, and uh, wherever you do that, uh, still no charge. Now, newly posted to themovieguys.net, you can find an article about the rise in quality child actor performances in movies, plus a review of cheap Hmm. thrills and more. Hmm. You can also find our showcasts like the one you're listening to on a couple of internet radio stations out there, including WBAD.net, Fridays at 4 Eastern, and Jonas Mount Radio. Thursdays at 6, so basically we're out there. I'm, I'm going to have to log on to some of those things. You should log. Okay. Logging's fun. Your hosts for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves include myself, Paul Preston, here with Adam Witt. Lee Caius will be joining us later in the show. <laughs> and sitting in the Karen chair this week is none other than our favorite soundboard minder and keeper of the facts. Jamie Clark Yelvington is with us here to or talk the about the movie. Jamie doing real time research okay. right Uh-oh. here on camera. <laughs> On mic. Now there's no keeper of the facts. The, be- one of the, we're fucked. Say. the, <laughs> the yeah. best moment. There's two uh, sound bites I want to pull. One is Andrew DeWitt laughing at the Bing thing to just throw yes. a laugh in the show yeah. like uh, Fred Norris or something. But the other is I, I when she when Jill last week mentioned Clue, <laughs> the sound uh, off off mic of Jamie getting so excited and screaming. Oh, <laughs> I sit in my little chair and I wait for that moment when you say, okay, we ask everybody on the show, what's your favorite movie? And somebody says, my favorite yeah. movie, which is Clue. It's like, never happened. Yeah. I mean, never we've, happened. We've it, had a couple Raiders. We've had a couple, you know, it got Ghostbusters. Close. It got close with uh, David Krumholtz and Defending Your Life because that's one of my favorites. Ah, so yeah. that was close to the moment. And she said Clue and I shit my pants. Like that was... that. That's just what happens. Yeah, That's what happens when you shoot It was your amazing. Pants. And you are right. It is exciting when someone says your favorite movie. Someone comes oh. in and says Raiders. You're like, yeah. Yeah, Paul Osborne. This guy right here. And not when like, it's kind <laughs> of an off the beaten path favorite movie. It's not True. one people share. Most people are surprised when I say it. What a or haven't ensemble. heard of it, which makes me sad. 
Yeah. But uh, but not just that she was her favorite, but she also knew everything about it. It was really exciting. By the way, fools. Thank no you, idea Jill. What got there. Thank <laughs> you, Jill. Now, if somebody could come on and bring up Romancing the Stone, we'd be in business. Ooh. That'd be everything. That deserves a rewatch. Oh. I want to do another segment uh, for the show Said that should be, should I rewatch it? Yes. Or should I keep it where it is in my memory right now? Yeah. Like, you know, because exactly. some things you're going to watch right. and you're going to go, oh, God, it was so bad. Why did I go back and watch it's it? It's even better yeah. now. I keep bringing up real men for that because oh. I was such a John Ritter guy, <laughs> and he's in this horrible movie with James and I was, Belushi. I was a big James Belushi fan at the time, too. We whatever. both just called him James. It's yeah, crazy. I know, that's, right. that's his marketing at work uh, right there. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't. It's, to me. It just happened to me with Popeye. Don't do it. According to <gasps> it's James. It's so bad. Yeah. I'm sure uh, it is. I watched that too. It's on Netflix. So and uh, And I remember And I'm it over great. it though. But it's an Altman film, so I'm over how bad it is. I like bad Altman films. So it gets to be an Altman film now that I'm now that that's a lot in the rearview mirror, Popeye. Yeah. Right. Oh, I should also mention later in the show, stick around because we have an interview with the subject of American movie and the director of Coven Man. The greatest. Mark Borchert will be so in the cool. studio, so that's kind of exciting. Plus, we've got a Hall, uh, hall of Fame inductions to get to. But every <laughs> week, we show up here to prep you for what's new in theaters, and this week's three films are hoping for some Transformers spillover to do well at the holiday box office, some counter-programming. In our first movie, Evil is sweeping over New York, uh -oh. but how can you tell? <laughs> it's uh, Deliver Us from Evil. And Melissa McCarthy is back in another summer release, but can she beat the heat? See what we did there? Oh. With Tammy. <laughs> oh, my. And uh, E.T. gets a dose of Stand By Me as a group of kids seem to be playing Angry Birds Transformers Edition <laughs> nice. in Earth to Echo. These are my best friends. We were normal kids. A couple of seconds ago, our phones went crazy. Whoa! You see that? Dude, it's a map. I want to go. Dude. Where are they from? Are those South African accents? Those are the Is this a South African movie? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Maybe. Maybe it's, they sound like had a I think complete he was twang. From, like Liverpool moved to Brooklyn. <clears throat> oh, mm. I'm sure someone will see this and let us know. Earth to Echo, obviously not made for us. Are these good kid actors? That remains to be seen. This this child uh, actor article I was writing in the last five years. There's been a lot, I think, of really good child actors. I'm, over the years, I haven't cared. Yeah. One way, if a kid's in a movie or not, most of the time they wreck it. You know, right? Like even the Scorpion King. Which just is not trying hard and should be great. There's a little kid who does something stupid oh. and the rock's got to save his ass we and gotta, then save his own and save yeah, the kingdom. And the kid's just getting in the way. We have to come up with a, a rule for that for the movie guysopedia for the sequel that adds a kid, like the Jurassic Park, the Lost World, Jurassic Park. There's got to be a gymnast kid yeah, yeah. in your movie. Come on, get out of here. Yeah, they got the arc perfectly fine without a small Asian kid yelling out. They did. They did. They oh, did. They had to add for the second they, one. They, they need him now. Now, I got to say, going back, to, we just saw Temple of Doom, and then I watched uh, Last Crusade. It is so interesting, because you, now you view these things through the lens of The Phantom Menace. So you, you watch The Phantom Menace, and you go, this is what George Lucas thought he was making when he made those others? Like, this is what he sees. Yeah, yeah. And, you, and you watch Temple of Doom, which is wildly different from Raiders, as we pointed out. It's the worst double feature, because yeah. you just watched yeah, Raiders. you should watch one and three. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, that... Um, you watch Temple of Doom and there's no resemblance to Raiders, which I never caught as a kid. And you're just and you're just like, this is the movie they thought they were making for some reason. He doesn't when he sees Raiders, he sees the potential for a Temple of Doom or Last Crusade. And Last Crusade is goofy too. Yeah, yeah. that's a very goofy movie. No, I mean, I, I you through the lens of Phantom Menace, they Phantom Menace that a little bit from the writer of Funny Farm. 
I'm not pleased with the fact that Indiana Jones has to do a character to see the tapestries to get into a castle. Right? He doesn't have to do. They don't have to pretend he's Isn't Scottish. Jeb Stewart. Jones. He's got to punch a guy he's in the, the face and walk inside. <laughs> That's what he does. Right? Instead, he's like, I got to see the tapestries. That it's, is a uh, weird it's moment. It's Jeffrey Bohm. Jeffrey Bohm. Yeah. Didn't he write the Phantom? It's very possible. I think he did. Uh, I, which means I don't know, but I believe it 100%. Says the guy that named the director of that shitty 93 Captain America movie when we had uh, Ned <laughs> Beatty's son. That was you. Ned so, that was you. Yeah. He did that. Uh, okay, so, uh, oh, well. Uh, oh, one more thing quick before we get into our first yeah. movie. Uh, Roto Flicks, I should always mention. R-O-T-O, Who's winning? F-L-I-A, Karen. Mm-hmm. And she wants me to mention it because <laughs> she's not here. Because she's winning. But she is. This week, Transformers is opening, and I have Transformers. Oh, and you're starting Transformers. And I'm in second. Who's got Wahlberg? A, I don't know, but actors get half the points. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, rotoflix.com <laughs> is fantasy football for movies. And you pick movies and actors and directors and based on what you think their box office is going to be, and you get points based on how well they do. What happens with the points, though? Points. Do you win something? <laughs> oh, bragging rights. Is it yeah. like a Chris yeah. Hardwick points where yeah, you, just you just win? You know your summer yeah. movies. You get the bragging Yeah, that's yeah. it. I see. I mean, and then they'll come around again during uh, Christmas and do uh, the Oscars. Yeah. You'll draft again for what you think is going to win awards. Not just the Oscars, but awards leading up to that, too. So it's a whole big thing. I'm so bad at joining, like, sports leagues and betting pools and stuff like that. that even when it comes to movies, I didn't get my shit together do you to, not, to get on Rotoflix. I've, I'm not sure about this, but do you have an email address? I do have an email address. <laughs> okay. It says, and I did try and sign up the day of the draft. I signed in, and it said I already had an account, but I didn't have the right password. So evidently, I had signed on already. And that's as far as you got. You just stopped there. Well, and I I sent a thing that said, send me a new email thing, because I've forgotten every password that exists. My New Year's resolution Period. this year, write them down. Every one. And not, not write them on I don't computer. Know any of Not them. write them digitally. I write them by hand. I got Good call. four pages of passwords. Good call. Somewhere oh my God. in my house. And, Shit. And, and you, now you, and you don't know, know what? Page of I just said that to the public. And, and and good on you because the reason I've forgotten all of my passwords for everything, there's not one I know somehow. The reason is in this James Bond way. I was like, I can't have my password written down anywhere to rotoflex.com in case a burglar breaks in and steals my life. <laughs> yeah. Like, why didn't I write them down for the beginning? Yeah, and then he drafts Blake. Uh, Right, like t- fuck. <laughs> Everything in my bank account is still there, but my Rotoflex mm. has been compromised. Karen, writing <laughs> writing it down and eating it so that nobody can ever get it. All right, let's get on to our first movie. Our first film is Deliver Us from Evil, starring LL Cool J, yes, and Gabrielle Union, I believe. Uh, actually, Paul, you're thinking of 2003 Universal film Deliver Us from Eva. Well, I'm sure they're both horrifying in their own way. Let's talk about it. Here we go. <laughs> Breaking down with the surf music this week. <laughs> Deliver Us from Evil is the paranormal thriller to dare ask summer audiences if they'd like to see something other than aliens, robots, and superheroes. <laughs> it features a cop. Remember when summer movies were all about cops? <laughs> Eric Bana plays Officer Ray Sarchi, who's called in to investigate a possessed woman found inside a zoo after hours doing what possessed women do in possession movies these days, contorting and bending over backwards. It isn't long before instances of possessed women contorting and bending over backwards becomes an epidemic in the city, only to realize he's just investigating yoga studios. Whoa, spoiler alert. When possessed women contorting and bending over backwards becomes an epidemic, Officer Sarchi must fight the inevitable profit motive for zoos everywhere that finally have something cool to go look at. When Officer Sarchi... (laughs) 
That's like the third time we've mentioned the character. Like, That's hilarious. It means something to everybody. We when Officer Sarchi teams up with a Catholic priest, <laughs> the pragmatic police officer finds there are some things in our world that can't be explained, leading to a religious crisis of faith that isn't explored in the trailer because who goes to see a summer movie because of its crisis of faith potential? <laughs> when Officer Sarchi... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but the trailer... <laughs> But the trailer does mention the various levels of evil. There's secondary evil, primary evil, true evil, and producer Jerry Bruckheimer. Oh. Now, why do evil spirits always go after the kids and their stuffed animals? And parents, stop giving your kids creepy <laughs> toys. Hey, Susie, here's a circus clown with a hatchet in its skull. Have fun playing. We know how you like the beady eyes and maniacal grins of stuffed monkeys who bang together symbols all crazy. Has anyone ever enjoyed that toy, by the way? <laughs> the film was from Screen Gems whose projects used to be so much happier. <laughs> Is that Screen Gems? That's the Screen 70s? Gems music. Oh, that's, yeah. oh that's awesome. God. Back when their movies were fun. Some good sourcing. Uh, this is from director Scott Derrickson, who made Sinister. Oh, what's Sinister? That's basically all this shit just with Ethan Hawke. There oh. you go. That's Deliverance. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Deliverance from Officer Starchy. Real guy, I guess, so maybe worth mentioning. Yes, that is based on a true story. Oh, I see. It is an actual account. And, uh, yeah, so I guess we could read somewhere that there were a bunch of possessed people all over a city? Yeah, I don't <laughs> recall that. I, I, I Wait a second. Might Officer Sarchi's story be some crazy manifestation <laughs> of his own? Because yeah. it would have been in the news, right? Like, One would ah, think. there's possessions everywhere. One would think. Sadly, of all the movies coming out this week, it's probably the only one I'd go see. Why? You wouldn't see Tammy? No. No? No. Oh, well, I'm excited to get to that in a second. We'll talk about that movie. <laughs> yeah, next. well, this is this is, uh, this is is a week off, basically. I think they, they cleared this mm. week out for nobody wanted to compete with what they assumed Transformers was going to do. And for next weekend. Well, no. Th no, this is for... So this is a week of so. a horror movie, a comedy, and a snow piercer. No, that's no, a different that's one. Last week. <laughs> that already can't. Earth to Echo. <laughs> Earth to Echo. Yeah, and another kids movie. I'm a sucker for the horror movie. Though. Well, I hope this is good. Last summer brought us The Conjuring, or was that two years ago? That might have been two years ago. Last summer was The Conjuring. Last summer, mm -hmm. and that so was a good. nice, serious Amazing. horror film. And Insidious Part 2, which seriously. was also pretty damn good. Yeah, but you know what's interesting about this one? This is a Bruckheimer production. It's got Eric Bana, which is a lot more star potential or star power than those usually have, mm -hmm. like a, one of those sinister movies or whatever. They kind of they cast, you know, Night yeah. Owl from Watchmen or whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> hey, you know, Patrick Wilson. <laughs> Patrick Wilson, yeah. you know, like, yeah, that's, that's, that's about as big as we're willing to go. To, to pay for <laughs> something, but uh, but but they end up being very well timed. These movies, and they'll they'll take you know this could be a huge movie. Yeah, we've talked about how there it's was, weird. It's right in the summer, but it could be. There's no time anymore. Yeah, for, like when no you put time. on a horror movie, whenever apparently. Yeah, it used to just be like fall or Purge whatever. Purge made money last summer. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. This freaking uh, Devil Inside or whatever made like fifty million in January. Yeah, crazy. Yeah, I Did mean, it really? There's. Yeah. That's why nothing goes away. We just had this conversation off camera before it. Nothing goes away anymore. Remember when horror would be a thing and then completely not a thing and then yeah. a thing and then completely not a thing. Yeah. Horror doesn't go away anymore. Yeah. Nothing goes it's away anymore because there's the internet, right? Mm -hmm. People always say superhero movies, ah, we're, at some point we're all going to be done with those. No, I don't no, think so. Probably not going to happen. Plus, in a way, I think horror movies are like the reality television of movies. And by that, I oh, mean they're true. super cheap to make yeah. and they always make money. Okay, I'm glad that's the only... Yeah, not combination never. of the two things there because I so uh, that's why I'm a movie guy because of reality television. I could talk TV for days, and there's some great TV out there, but you know they tried reality TV with movies. They they tried the real Cancun, right. whatever they tried the, the from Joey to whatever the fuck their names are, the two American Idols. 
uh, Kelly to Ke- from Kelly to. You, know. you already know more about reality shows Justin, than me. It's from Justin to <laughs> Kelly. Because those were movies, and they were wretched. No one went to see them. So happy. That's true. Yeah. You have but it would be cheap, though. They yeah. always say to indie filmmakers, make a horror movie. Make oh, it. absolutely. It'll get distribution. That's the classic. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the classic formula for you know the easy. The profit potential is just it's, it's an established group. Yeah, it's going to go see this. This is the purge. People are going to go see this. The conjuring people are going to go see this. Until the purge this. comes out again. Well, the name weeks. of the game uh, with horror trailers these days is loud. <laughs> be loud, especially when you don't know what else to be. And this is Scott Derrickson's third big horror movie after the aforementioned Sinister and the Exorcism of Emily Rose. But I defy you, fellow movie guys, to tell me which mm-hmm. clip is which as I play moments from these three Ooh. trailers in the little game we're, we're, guess, though. that uh, involves Deliver Us from Evil. Sinister and the Exorcism of Emily Rose. All right, tell me which movie this is. There you go. All of them. Probably not too far off there. Let's see. I'm going to go Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm -mm. That was not the Exorcism of Emily Rose. All right, but let me play this one. What do you think this is? Someone was squeezing a line of dialogue in there. <laughs> I love when too. there's just in the middle of it, like, wife! What? <laughs> <laughs> Children! Children! Problem! Okay, so that then, then you can tell me what That's this That's the like. exorcism of uh, Insidious. Not correct. Wow, you guys are... <laughs> it wasn't sinister? Oh. That is Emily Rose because I just yeah. that. That is Emily Rose. The first one we played was Sinister, okay. and then ah. Deliver Us from Evil was the middle one that we played there. Now that we all have that straight, thank God. And we by can the go way, on with our lives. Every one of these trailers ends with this is this moment basically. <sighs> thank God I'm safe. Yeah. <laughs> it's all over. Hey man. I was just yeah, I think it's a transformer. Hey man. There's something <laughs> happening. <laughs> Dancer. Uh, now the last thing to say about this film is that the trailer has made Pop Goes the Weasel scary. Here, listen. Mm-hmm. This is cool though. I like this. Cuz that is creepy already. That is creepy. Yeah. And with that, that's um, so creepy and the kids looking at it in the bedroom. Yeah. And and that is so that 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 Monkey chase owl. the weasel thing. Yeah. Oh no, I'm just saying. Yeah, but oh, that song. too. That too. But the monkey chase the weasel or whatever. What's that called? Da, 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 Pop da, goes the weasel. Pop goes the weasel. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Uh, what? <laughs> but that's the one of the lyrics, right? I named it by lyric. All yeah, right. Sorry. 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 It's not Bob O'Reilly. It's uh, Teenage Wasteland. All what's right, that sorry. one? Uh, what's that one song I love from California? Do you mean Bob O'Reilly? You know what? Sing it in the fucking song if you want it called that. Right. I agree. I agree. Every time. Sorry, that's my rule. I mean, <laughs> monkey chase the weasel. Monkey Doesn't that happen in weasel. that? All right, that's I'm the poor parody that. title for one of our films we're doing today. Uh, <laughs> Whatever. I didn't have no point. All right, but the point is, um, this uh, with that creepy song, the Deliver Us from Evil movie joins many other films in the ironic trailer music hall of fame. Congratulations. Oh. Let's hear from some of the other previously inducted films like Brick Mansions. Here we go. Let me just uh, wait, kill it for a second. This is Brick Mansions creeping up a song for us. When the night <laughs> has come. 
Check. Stand by me is nothing sacred. That's that song, When the Night Has Come, right? <laughs> yes, exactly right. <laughs> See, I'll weave it into the rest of the show. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> and then we have uh, the last exorcism. Scarier than the movies. Except his love and let him in your heart. Ooh, yeah, creepy, right? Yes. <laughs> but the all-time champion for the uh, Insidious movies uh, here, which manages to make both Row, Row, Row Your oh, Boat and right. Tiptoe Through the Tulips creepy. That is the greatest. Insidious. <laughs> I mean, come on. Thank God, it's all over. <laughs> Oh my god! I'm sorry, but Jesus that Christ. says we got nothing. <laughs> says we got nothing real. We're just now, gonna fuck with some old songs. I will give credit to uh, all around the mulberry bush, the monkey chase the weasel. That it is. <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, at least nobody's singing it because that would sound as ridiculous. Yeah. Row, row, row your boat is really. But you imagine someone going all around the mulberry bush, <laughs> like shit. But then you get the creepy, uh, you get the creepy toy in there, right? Oh wait, that's not. It. Oh yeah, the creepy toy. Um, after that, well, again, well, I don't know why they buy creepy toys. It's this little owl little that owl. stares at him. Ooh. But it, but that looks like some conjuring stuff. <laughs> uh oh, we found it. Oh my god. All right, so congratulations. Uh, well done to the from Evil. You're in the uh, Ironic Trailer Music Hall of Fame. That's uh, well done. Now, our next film is another in the expanding genre of what do you mean I'm fired films, like Take This Job and Shove It. It's Melissa McCarthy Take and Tammy. And Jam it. Uh, Jamie, let's do this. Jammy? Jammy. We're calling you Jammy. We're friends with Tammy, so I see Jammy. Award season comes early this year as Oscar winner Susan Sarandon, Oscar winner Kathy Bates, Oscar nominee Dan Aykroyd, <laughs> Emmy Award winner Allison Janney, and Oscar nominee and Emmy Award winner Melissa McCarthy star in Tammy. Ugh. You can probably make your Dolby Theater reservations for this movie now. It's crazy, and Tammy this summer gets an energy boost by offering us the chance to watch tireless McCarthy have a midlife crisis that's not caused by a robot invasion. Yeah, Tammy... Uh, <laughs> Her life is pretty much just going to shit. She lost her job, her car, and on top of it, she found out her husband's cheating on her. And who would want to cheat on this? America, huh? What have you ever done that's that cool? I watched Neil Armstrong walk on the moon. On his bike? That's funny. <laughs> that actually that's is funny. funny. That actually that's funny. kind of funny. Uh, when she robs her Burger Shack former employer. Wake up, son. I'll be taking these huggies and uh, whatever cash you got. <laughs> An APB goes out alerting all police to be on the lookout for an energetic, overweight, vamping female. So it's a hero story about a minimum wage earner. Good luck getting that demographic out to the theater when they're probably stuck working over Fourth of July weekend. Mm -hmm. She has to take to the road with her grandmother, played by Susan Sarandon. Wait a second. <laughs> now, I know Sarandon's been doing this for 40 years or so, but I am not ready for her to play a grandmother. Fuck, I'm old. What was I saying? It is. It's a brave acting choice, Paul. This is a bigger deal for a female actress than gaining 15 pounds for a role. Yikes. The uh, film also stars Kathy Bates. <laughs> Who doesn't play the grandmother? <laughs> exactly. 
But I guess who better to go on a road trip with than Thelma of Thelma and Louise? As sure. Susan Sarandon plays Miss Melissa McCarthy's grandmother. Yes, Bull Durham masturbators, myself included, <laughs> you've arrived at this age. <laughs> so she takes the road trip to see Niagara Falls. I assume there's some emotional attachment to it I'm missing. Otherwise, that's just stupid. <laughs> Niagara Falls won't solve your problems, as hundreds of married couples a day could tell you. Some were loathing that Melissa McCarthy will again be playing a loudmouth crazy person. You keep saying that, and she's going to go serious like Jim Carrey when he made the Majestic and we never got the old Jim Carrey back. True. Remember, only you can prevent the threat of going serious. There you go. <laughs> Don't let it happen Jamie. to you. Jamie. Now, why aren't you going to see this? Jamie. Because I don't like it when they force me... They trick me into thinking that I have to go see it because it is going to be funny. Mm. The only movies that are successfully funny well, that's advertising. are the ones. No, well, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I hate when they try and get me to go see it because it's going to be like fun. Like they're going to put all these people in a movie with Melissa McCarthy and stuff it down my throat that it's going to be really funny, so I need to go. It's not. Wow. Well, they don't. They do. They do very thinly lay out any kind of story. They're just kind of. Oh, I know. She's funny. Go see it. She is funny. I agree. I actually really like her a lot. It's nothing against her. It's not enough for me. Yeah, Yeah, they cannot Mm -hmm. sum up the point of this movie. They're going to Niagara Falls, and that's the movie. And then she'll be funny. Yeah. 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 So So either there's something you up on you that are really funny. I think. Well, I mean, that this could have the potential to do that because maybe there's something they can't advertise that doesn't play well in trailers. That's the real point. I mean, this could end up being like an about Schmidt if it wants to. Mm -hmm. It's still going to show you the goofy part of her in the very first 10 minutes robbing the place. I mean, every clip from this is in the first 15 minutes, you know, except for maybe the shot in Niagara Falls. I assume they get to it. But, you know, this is also after me just coming off of seeing Identity Thief. So. I don't always. What have did you think of her? Identity Thief? No, that wasn't funny at all. I like Jason Bateman, but uh, I like Jason yeah. Bateman too, and I like her. I didn't see it. It should have worked. It's not that great. It's not that no, great. Not that but great. you know, Jason well, Bateman is always fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. Yes. but he put a. Now you like the change up, didn't you? Which I find enough. 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 Yeah, see, whatever. He puts out those too for every one of these really good movies. It was funny enough. Poor Ryan Reynolds. There is a mode for him, but no director can find it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right? I mean, because I mean, the guy is clearly talented. Yeah. He's no slouch, yeah, but is. he just keeps being not is watchable, it, which is back, impossible. Should he go back to indies? Like, he did an indie yes. with a horribly uh, forgettable title, like Only You Again, or something like that. <laughs> That's not slowed down, by the way. That. Um, is, Amer- is Melissa McCarthy we? America's Sweetheart? No, that's no, Emma Stone. You gotta be. No, your, it isn't. Your, it's Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence or your Anne Hathaway. Was Emma Stone America's Sweetheart last year? She used to be. <laughs> but I thought it was Jennifer I Lawrence think. last year. Go to americasweetheart.com and they will update yeah. you as to who No, because that would Sweetheart. be Catherine Zeta Jones and Julia Roberts. It's horribly outdated. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right because uh, Jennifer Lawrence, you know, it is between them every year and it, mm. and it varies between who's advertising something. So Jennifer Lawrence just did X Men. Definitely out and there. And they desperately want, I think it's Shailene Woodley right now, actually. <gasps> you're right. Well, see, but you're right. It's neither of them. But it's Shailene Woodley, because that movie just yeah. made $100 million. Yeah, but that's them telling us that. By the way, that movie that sank, ma- and Edge of Tomorrow is making more every week now than that movie did, which opened ahead of Tom Cruise. Yeah, but that movie cost $2. Yeah, but and still. a trip to Amsterdam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm disappointed, though, that she can't be America's sweetheart. I think it's Shailene Woodley. I think it is too. I think it is. Yeah. I think it's most. It's whoever has the shortest hair of the hotties right now. That's it's always that they cut their hair short and they go and America swoons. Right, that is true because it went from Anne Hathaway. Yes. To Jennifer Lawrence. Yes. To Shailene Woodley. Yes. Oh hey, with that music. <laughs> <laughs> and luckily there's a script. 
Look, with that music, <laughs> it must be time. It must be time to induct Melissa McCarthy into the Hall of Tammies. <laughs> In the century of filmmaking, Hollywood and, and the globe has brought us, no doubt, uh, many Tammies gracing our screen. Like, um, <laughs> well, there's a there's a one that was. I think Debbie Reynolds played a Tammy or something. Absolutely, oh, yeah. I think that absolutely. was. I think so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, actually, Paul, I don't mean to interrupt, but if you search characters on IMDb, Ooh. you'll find over 200 characters named Tammy in the history Ooh, of film. Technology. Well, I why know. haven't I heard of any of them? Well, actresses have played various Tammies in many films, including Two for the Money. Two for the Money. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Airbud, Golden Retriever, The Guilt Trip, and of course, Doctor Doolittle Three. Well, that's why I haven't heard of him. Right. But nevertheless, now's your time, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, to be in the all-time champion in the Hall of Tammies. Congratulations. All-time yeah. champion. Good for you, Tammy. If you're not America's sweetheart, you're at least the Hall of Tammies all-time champion. <laughs> golden, uh, for f- what? Golden receiver. Golden receiver. Yeah. Very oh. important. And that's Air, like, like Air Bud World Pup. See, that's ah, what they do. It's the thing they do. It. Seventh inning fetch. These are the movies <gasps> of the Air Bud franchise. How I, dare I. I. They're the most well-named Titles. This is what they? happens when you're married to Karen. <laughs> uh, now let's uh, talk about our final film. We travel all the way back to 1982 Ooh. for a reissue of. Oh, no, wait a second. Travel Sorry, back this, in time. It's a new film called Earth to Echo, but it sounds familiar. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, remember E.T.? How about the Goonies? Well, neither does the Twitter generation, most likely, so here's this. A little boy finds an alien, and it takes a lot of boys on bikes to get that alien home. If you don't recognize the name of this film, that's because it was shot under the working title of Stop Me If You've Heard This. The story of Earth to Echo is a time-told tale. Uh, Paul, I think that's a twice-told tale. Oh, yeah. A twice-told tale of coming of age with an alien hiding in your barn. <laughs> I shouldn't joke about how this movie is a ripoff. That just shows my age. E.T. must look like shit to an eight-year-old. Why would a kid who can watch a Jason Statham movie on Netflix choose E.T. over this? <laughs> Where does this movie take place? On their cell phones, by the looks of it. Such are kids today. And yes, I just said kids today. It's got everything. A fat kid for comic relief, E.T.'s found footage, POV footage, Transformers, adults that just don't understand. Parents just don't understand. Actually, unlike E.T., it seems like these kids have Charlie Brown parents. You don't see them much and have no idea what they're talking about. In a bold marketing move, the trailer shows a clip of the kids stowing away their new alien friend Echo in a car, driving right towards a tractor trailer until it is dismantled by Echo's powers. Eat that, Optimus Prime. To truly find a place in our cultural landscape, Earth to Echo will no doubt have to have catchy lines that will embed themselves in our hearts and minds, like E.T. <laughs> phone home. Well, yeah. let's learn what uh, Earth to Echo has in store. He's got to compete. This is amazing. Is it amazing? Because I think it's scary as balls. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> All right, that's uh, Earth to Echo, everyone. Earth to Echo. Scary as balls. <laughs> okay, so E.T. <laughs> I mean, I guess you know Henry Thomas said penis breath. I actually, I That's was true. looking at the poster, and funny Echo looks a lot like Eva. 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 Oh, he does look like Eva. He looks like the owl from Clash of the Titans. Doesn't he look like a little the bit owl of that too? Clash yeah. of the Titans, a little bit. Yeah. Is Which that the right? same owl that's popping up from the thing and deliver us from evil? Because if so, then they're no. Awful. That's a wide-faced owl. Totally different. Totally different oh, owl. Yeah. This week's owls. Owls in cinema. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this week on the movie guys. Yeah, and what other owls week? are there showing up? Archimedes <laughs> from Sound of the Sword of the On Stone? video this week. Owls by Disney. Disney Owls. <laughs> Here's the funniest part. I was pulling music for uh, E.T. Mm-hmm. Like, 
and I found did a, it a, have the whole final sequence that tw- last twenty? No, minutes? it just showed us still and played oh, okay, the song. Yeah. But before you could get to it, they showed an ad for Earth to Echo. <laughs> <laughs> so they know That's what they're funny. doing. They knew it, yeah. Yeah, they know where to put that. They're in. Going I, got, in the right line. I got a great story about the, the last time I saw ET. Uh, well, I saw part of E.T. It was at the Hollywood Bowl for as, John Williams. As part of this uh, Earth to Echo preview, please tell us about it. Uh, yeah, it's all I'm like, oh, I got a good E.T. story. That's I, a- I hear the music, and I'm like, I have to see that movie uh, immediately. But anyway, I, I know, ahead. right? Uh, they they uh, At the Hollywood Bowl, they have a special double-sized projection for special presentations, like instead of those side ones mm-hmm. and the small one up front, they'll have a gigantic one and for the whatever anniversary of et let's see how old am i for the 85th anniversary of et i think <laughs> uh but then of course they play it live john williams his whole orchestra john's out there and then they do a lot of these montages and stuff to to his famous tracks and it's just great in the bowl to hear superman and raiders of the lost ark and yeah. star wars like and the month, imperial right? march yeah. yeah coming up in a month and but for last year they did et and he played the last 20 minutes of et straight through and so that is that is an amazing overture, the John Williams, yeah. like the whole bikes thing and the chase. And from the moment they grab the van, that you know that music cue that starts there, that little chase, all the way through to the moon and dun, the dun, 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 dun. you know I mean the full thing, all the way through to the ship and the playground and that final suite and the little you know flute that comes up and everything. That, That's amazing. Oh, Keep going. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, and so in the very in the very last look at ET, and the very last look up, all the way through Telling the you. end with a full orchestral with John Williams conducting it, projected in 8K. They had done like an 8K HD resolution thing, so it was like amazing looking ET. And then that, in 20 minutes, the very last reel. I mean, that is an intense reel. That is an amazing piece of music, and that is some amazing filmmaking. I mean, that is like. That last twenty minutes of that movie is that's awesome, down. and it has the greatest and it makes last you just, shot, and it just makes you want to cry the and fact, love movies and the everything. Fact that the you final know? shot is of Elliot; it's just brilliant. Yeah, Spoiler you, 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 we did, have, yeah, you know, you had thirty-two fucking years. Uh, but, and you know, we just discussed this. Do we discuss this on the? <laughs> yeah, when we were talking about Earth to Echo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Bef- like when we were at the writing meeting, but not in the Echo, show. We still talked about ET. Okay, no, we <laughs> okay, not in the show. Well, yeah, but what we discussed, I think, is pretty interesting. Is you mentioned that, and I didn't, hadn't thought about that before, and I realized the very last Im- when you said that, I realized the very last image is is Elliot looking up, and and you realize he's going to spend the rest of his life looking up. That's we we didn't just see him as a kid when ET left. We're also seeing him at eighty. That's Elliot for the rest of his life. He's always going to be looking up again. You know, buddy in the sky. That's amazing. That's yeah. So you know, the, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's great. And and you know, they always wanted him to make a sequel to it, but it's so great that there never was, because we are just left with that empty space. It's what people bitch about for Phantom Menace. Like I liked imagining my version of that because it the whole story is there as much as you need of it in Star Wars: Empire and Re- Return of the Jedi. You know, mm-hmm. and so ET, it's like we got to get that gift. That commerce didn't win out. There wasn't a second ET, and we get to just end with him looking up for the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. absolutely. Yeah, movies. <laughs> so go see Earth Tech. So Earth Tech. Uh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only sequel you're gonna get. It, honestly, yeah, it's got it's got kids on bikes. It's got adults with flashlights. It's got a guy with keys. It's got everything. It's got yeah. like a Peter Coyote guy who's yeah, coming in. Yeah, Peter Coyote Echo's guy. Echo's got to get back to you know. He's, oh. Man, another. I hate to. I hate to keep going on here, 
but I went to a, a presentation about it was a whole bunch of sound editors. <laughs> but, but think of this. Hold on a second. I got to tell you this. I went to a presentation for a bunch of sound editors, and it was for the anniversary of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, and the sound oh, editors were there. Now, obviously, nothing that, in Roger Rabbit literally exists. That's Everything working is overtime. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah. Everything is post sound because it's a, it's a cartoon, and you know it's all you know it's so the sound effects. One of the guys there had also worked on E.T., and they were talking about a difference between technology and how this was all 16-track, 8-track, whatever. And he went. He, he said, I was having the hardest time with Peter Coyote's keys. He said, we went through hundreds of passes <laughs> to get Peter Coyote's <laughs> keys. And, and it just like brought to mind, like, whoa, that is such a minutia in his life. Like, that's just a little thing he had to work on. But that is one of the most iconic sounds one of the most iconic shots, mm. one of the most iconic presentations of adulthood and villainy and all the themes that come together in that movie come together through Peter Coyote's yeah. keys on his belt. Yeah. That's a, it's a, and that's some really Spielberg all cylinders directing too, yeah. to like present that as the anyway. All right, anyway. That's the theme from Adam Goes On Too Long. No, if you're <laughs> going to go on about anything, go on about E.T. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. That's, don't have to right. excuse myself on that one. Now, Jamie, do you no. like E.T.? Never seen it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Everybody else joined in. Anybody else say you like E.T.? That was the first movie. No, honestly, though, that's the first movie I, I remember seeing as a little kid. Mm-hmm. I remember, like, sitting oh, in the movie one. theater chair with the chair too big oh, and my sweet. legs too short. And, like, just sitting there and just cry. My mom was worried because I was crying so hard. Like, mm. really concerned about how hard I was crying. Because I was, like, what year was that, 82? Mm-hmm. I was five. I was five years old, wow. and this was the the first like larger than life thing that I ever remember. So to this day, I think ET means more to me than oh, a lot of other things. Are you allowed to make kids cry that much now in movies? Like that's a lot. Well, that's that's like a know. Bambi's mom di- died type of like ET it's being true. taken away. Oh, these oh kids seem too attitudey to like get all emotional. But that wasn't it. Yeah, it, it, it that wasn't the part. It, this that is that the Sandlot. It. it was ET yeah. sick. Yeah. It was E.T. sick yeah. that made yeah, me cry. Absolutely. That wasn't when he was inside the thing, you know, yeah, when they the all came in to see it. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. was that oh, was yeah. and, 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 and Henry Thomas. I mean, look look go on YouTube and look up his audition oh my God. for E.T. And Spielberg tells him on camera during the audition, you got it. Because oh. he's so good. Because, he does that scene that and he kid, nails it. That kid then he was an anomaly, going back to what you were talking about at the beginning. That's how all the kids are now. When well, you see movies like Mud yeah. or like where those, those kids, kids are, are just well, Insane. a lot more is asked of them now. I mean, if yeah. you think about, I mean, I, I know people like Shirley Temple and whatever uh, Jane Withers could hold a whole film, but they were also just like, yeah. be adorable, action. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like, that's not acting. <laughs> now it's like Anna Paquin, you know, in the piano has to do some heavy shit. Yeah, no shit. And that I think over the last five years, I mean, in, in, right to this point, Super Eight is another ET-ish movie, mm-hmm. and Elle Fanning that's in that good. movie is brilliant. Yeah, uh, I still haven't seen that. Yeah, it's and pretty great. It, yeah, it's good. Well, but it's got that she's Spielberg great. Flair. Yeah. yeah. And she has it brings a ton of emotion to this small part that, well, not a small part, but in like the, out, out of nowhere, unexpected to the kids in the movie, too. They're like, yeah. wow, she's a really good actress to be in our crazy Super 8 movie. And when you nail an ensemble of, of kids, it, you, you become a history. It's so few do that you get you become a Goonies, you become a, you know, I mean, who are those, those classic Sandlot or, uh, you know, some of those classic groups of kids? Most of the kids in E.T. we've forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, I do like the brother, but he's got yeah, yeah he's see fine. Thomas Howell you know, was in there, I think. It's yeah. mostly like a, it's a generational thing too, because I actually know a large amount of people for some reason as adults that never saw Goonies as a kid. Yeah, and they don't get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something I like that, like very. I don't know if that holds up. 
Goonies? I, Goonies? No, it sure does. But it does. I, w- I don't know how that would be watching it. Like, I would like to think that E.T. has surpassed that. Yeah. Like, as an adult, if I was to watch that and never seen it before, I'd like to think that I would still think it was good. Yeah. But I think it I'm all curious. falls into that same category of, like... The 80s. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you you are remembering the emotions you felt when yeah, you saw I know. it. There's You're no not getting past that. A, no, there isn't. Yeah. You can't. So I can't t- say if this is good for kids to watch now or nope. not. Nor would but we But, you know, good, really good directing. Like I said, this is this is 12-cylinder Steven Spielberg. You know, Earth to Echo? Eh, no, E.T. Oh, E.T., I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're not talking about the movie we're supposed to talk about. I keep getting us back on track. What the hell's wrong with me? What are you thinking? <laughs> but you know what's a really good ensemble of kids? Sleepaway Camp. Seen it? <laughs> right there? He did that on purpose. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know I love Sleepaway High Camp. High fives. God. Okay, no, I don't know they if we've talked about this. They roll over their head with a lawnmower. It's brilliant. The kids in Sleepaway Camp brilliant. act like the kids I was in fourth grade with. They're cursing, they're, they're assholes, they're dickheads, they're hitting each I, other. That's something else I mentioned in, in this article for the, for the website is that the bad child performances are kids acting like kids. Yeah. The good child performances are kids being kids. Yeah. And I think the kids in Sleepaway Camp, I'm like, I recognize these kids. I know them. That, that is the kids I was oh, in fourth grade authentic. with who were, yeah, who were trouble. Uh. <laughs> one of the kids in Earth to Echo is named Alex, but true to movies about kids' nature, the other kids are named Tuck and Munch. And that makes him worthy of inducting into the hollowed, precocious kids hall of fame. Oh, oh tough to get in. It's very prestigious. And not only is there scampy nature, which uh, <laughs> it's not only their scampy nature which Scamps. can get a kid inducted into this sacred hall, but they of course have to have a movie name like Tuck, Munch, Burp, Fart, Dick, Ball, something like that. <laughs> so let's reflect on some of the greats. Chunk, <laughs> we, we speak, speak your names. names. Short round. We speak, we speak your, your names. names. Pugsley. We, we speak, speak your, your names. names. Buckwheat. We, we speak your names. names. Charlie Bucket. We, we speak, speak your names. names. Scout Finch. <laughs> we, we speak, speak your, your names. names. And Fregley. Freg- Fregley. Who's that? Fregley? Diary of a Wimpy Kid. All right, I think we're done here. <laughs> Let's do a uh, lightning round <laughs> of... What did you see this week? We've got uh, Mark Borchard waiting in the studio here in the green yes. room. Hey, we got to get him in here for an interview. So we yes, and I'm going to have to change my shirt to the shirt I wore last week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> when we get him in here, we'll change out these posters too. So <laughs> we'll it change out last Wednesday. So they look like <laughs> last Wednesday. Yes, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I hope it goes well with Mark Borchard <laughs> yeah. in the future. I hope he mentions gas stations at sunset. But let's talk real quick Sun- about movies that dusk. we saw. Um, I saw Edge of Tomorrow a second time. I ah, highly recommend everyone out there. Or see the sixty fourth time. time. Uh, yeah, for that I movie, set myself. <laughs> um, man, that movie's entertaining as hell. It is. I still am a little it's frustrated with the end. Pretty masterful. Okay, the end. Well, no, no. no spoilers for Jamie. No, but we have to talk about it. We do because yeah. because when you and I saw it the first time, that was the big thing, and, uh, and I paid attention at the end a little more towards that so and I. I think it makes plenty of sense yeah right, that movie it. gives itself plenty of license to do whatever yes. the fuck it wants with the last well then minute. maybe i'm right with the things i'm thinking <laughs> but i'm not sure about so yeah. yeah but it definitely earned a you know what we're gonna end it like this yeah you know like you know what we saved the day and now we're gonna do a little of whatever the fuck so we want much fun up till then yeah. it's super fun oh I heard- amazing action sequences too when you you, you forget that like, hey, they're doing all this fun sci-fi stuff, and they're jumping around the story, and that alone is kind of a special effect. But the f- opening ac- action sequence on this on the beach, oh and then God. future ones with the helicopter, and then the finale. And the finale is out, the, out of hand. It's and, nuts. And once you've seen it a second time, 
Now you get to also enjoy all of the Tom Cruise modes. There's a Weasley Tom Cruise. There's heroic Tom Cruise. There's there's uh, Tom Cruise new, that's on top of it. There's and a new one. Uh, Tom Cruise is under it. There's Schlub Tom Cruise. Schlub Tom who Cruise who can't do anything right. Yes, and he learns over time and time again. Oh, right that the yeah, day. the Schlub Tom Cruise is fun to watch. He never plays Schlub Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> Have you now not I seen gotta it? See it? You no, not seen it? Yeah, you gotta see it. it. And he it, also, uh, I really want. And to. if it doesn't now, it, there's always a question when things are nominated for best editing for the Oscars because, as Lee would say, you didn't see all the raw footage. How do you know that's that well edited, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, good point. for for best editing Oscar. But this movie clearly needs a best editing Oscar. No movie exists to the degree that it is well edited as a success as this movie, right? Chris McQuarrie probably really helped because he's such a good writer. Sure. Putting that script And together. of course he but can yeah. write, you know, you look at Usual Suspects, he can tell a story sideways, backwards, upside down. Mm. And this, this movie is told sideways. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but the editing, I mean, this movie succeeds to the degree that it is, Yeah. its editor is on yeah, top every, of everything, it. Everything hits there. It's my favorite of the summer. Maybe with X-Men, Days of Future Past. Pretty good. But um, that is good. I also just saw Jersey Boys, which I thought was really good. Oh, cool! And Did you? Yeah, I hear nothing but bad really? things, and I don't understand. I, I, I even went to—I even went to the tomato meter because oh, I hate God. myself, and I looked at like some of the yeah. mini reviews of why people didn't like it. and I don't get any of the things they're saying. About I it. know that's because all critics are d- asshole. I don't, I don't even yeah, get any of it. Like, name, a, name a good one now that Ebert's dead. Yeah. Name right, a good yeah, one. Yeah. yeah. Did you uh, <laughs> did you see it as a musical? Did you see it on stage? No. Okay. No, but first of all, I'm I like the idea of it because it's. Frankie Valley story told through their music. You know, that's why I didn't like Mamma Mia because it's a bunch of Mama, ABBA songs put into a whatever plot. Yeah. You know, and that's I'm, I'm also further disappointed by moving out. Billy Joel, my favorite singer of all time, <laughs> gets some crazy dance show f- with his music where you should tell the story of Billy Joel through his songs. Yeah. He's the most story centric songwriter right. has a sh- play that doesn't have anything girl. to do with the plots He's of his the songs. He's man. He's yeah. everything. You know, that's such and, a good point, dude. And, uh, but we get some crazy <laughs> dance show, which was decent, but now, like how, fragmented. And now, when I think of Clint Eastwood as a filmmaker lately, I think this is the fascinating thing about Jersey Boys is it's a Clint Eastwood movie, which is you know Clint Eastwood has made smaller and smaller movies. He makes these movies he shoots in two weeks and edits in a week and then puts them out. Now you know I mean he's kind of been like a, a what's the old fart with the car El Dorado? Is it called El Dorado? Grand Torino. Grand Torino. Whatever. <laughs> old Nova. Fart with the car, isn't it? Old fart with the car. Is that called Nova? <laughs> um, but you know like I. I it, this looks like a lot more sweeping and large and, and kind of glitzy uh, looking movie for Clint Eastwood. Very different for him, right? It looks classic immediately. Yeah. He, he captures the 50s and 60s, and he's kind of got a penchant for shooting like that anyway. You know, it would be Million Dollar Baby kind of looked like it was in the 50s, and it wasn't. It could be, yeah. Um, and, yeah, they're, they're smoking around the microphone in the studio while they're singing. You know, uh-huh. it looks classic immediately, and I kind of yeah. like that ab- about cool. it. However, it does fall victim to what a lot of uh, Eastwood movies do, get a little sluggish in the third act. Mm-hmm. Then there's, like, a really good monologue and a finale I thought was great. Um, and then a super finale, which is, like, a huge musical number, and people are like, well, where was that the whole movie? It's because it's not a musical, like we were talking about. Uh-huh. If they don't burst in the song, the songs are in yeah. the story when they're singing them as Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons. Yeah, somebody has codified those two types of musicals, right? That's someone smarter than me. But yeah. there's like a, one type of musical where it's like people sing their emotions and another where they sing songs, right? Yeah, well, Karen <laughs> always mentions that in like Oklahoma was the first musical, the first movie where people, or play, I guess, um, where people, story, 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 and they can't do anything else. They can't explain yeah. themselves anymore with speaking, and they have to sing about it. 
Is oh what a wonderful feeling in oh, I disagree. Oh, oh, what's actually. that in? Yeah. Oh oh uh, oh what a beautiful morning. Oh what a beautiful morning. That's right. Yes. Whatever. I've got a feeling. <laughs> I'm getting scared at because <laughs> I'm messing up every song. <laughs> what's that song called? Well, the other thing that was dumb on the uh, fucking tomato meter was one of the people who liked the movie said I think it's tomatometer. Whatever. This this they said this film is like. Uh, uh, Walk the line and Ray, and I'm like, no, it's not at all like Walk the because it's blissfully free of the the thing we always goof about with Dewey Cox. Get out of here, Dewey. We're do- we doing weed, smoking reefer. We smoking yeah. reefer. Nah, I don't want to have a hangover. There is no hangover, Dewey. There's none of that shit. There's <laughs> other things that are problems for Frankie Valley and yeah. the band that they have to encounter. What Mostly, are their problems? Well, well the, the other guys in the band. One of them is a you know kind of a half gangster. Yeah, but just gangster shit. There's there's so many f bombs in this musical. It more it sets yeah. a record for f bombs in a musical. Awesome. It's pretty great. And yeah, well, they're that. Jersey boys. I yeah. mean, if you don't, if you yeah, don't, they're curse, authentic about it. I yeah, thought, you know, I enjoyed it, and That's performances cool. throughout, pretty damn decent. It's fun that it's a Clint Eastwood movie, you know, right in the height of summer and being a summer movie, and yeah, but nobody's going because one of these is his last movie. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. going to drop dead Maybe behind the choice. camera. I lo- That's how I want to. He go. absolutely will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's close. So I recommend it for you because you saw it on stage. Yeah, a couple times actually, and that's why I. I haven't seen it, so I can't uh, say, now, now honestly, our, but the trailers okay. alone are enough to turn me off of it. Oh, my God. I thought it was one of the best trailers of the summer. Based off of what I saw on stage, and every time I saw it with the original cast on Broadway, and then I saw it when it came here. And um, John Lloyd Young, Young, is that his name? Is yes. It? Yeah. Yes, it's true. He was the original And well, everyone Usually people are like, well, I don't want to see Reese Witherspoon Which singing is, for the girl who should have been doing it from Broadway. But now they made that translation. They brought that guy in, and he's kind he's good. of, except that it's rent syndrome. Like by the time they finally got around to making it, like initially when the in- original cast of Rent was going to be in the movie, that was a great yes. Of course, I want to see them. Oh my God, they're twenty years older. No, <laughs> I don't want to see them. I changed my mind. Cast the other How are we going to pay the rent? I'm like, Dude, and you're that's like thirty five. <laughs> and he's still real out. good. John Lloyd Young's really good. Yeah, I know. You should know by now. That's sad. Drop dead from your AIDS. That's a bad idea. Oh, God. But no, yeah, I'm a little concerned about it. The thing that I saw this week that I'm going to talk about, yes. besides how I've been marathoning the Friday the Thirteenth movies. No, oh, nice. Awesome. Oh, I yeah, just, just got the Blu-ray set. Made it's that, I'm happy. pretty awesome. <sighs> They're so um, great. What are you up to? Uh, just, oh, I just watched one and two. Just watched one and two. But how great is two? It was pretty awesome. You forgot how good two was, didn't you? There's a line in that. I, my husband will be mad at me if I don't talk about it. Might have been one of the best lines ever put in a movie. So this kid is scaring his friends, and he jumps out of the van, and he's got a mask on and a knife, and they're talking about going up to the cabin. Uh-huh. And he sneaks up behind him, and he like pretends to stab him. They're like, oh, man, don't do that. You're such an asshole. He's like, I'm not an asshole. I'm an actor. Ah, <laughs> that's three, no, isn't it? No, it's two. Oh, is that two? Okay. Beginning of two. There's always one jokester, because in three, always the guy one. wears the hockey mask, and that's how yeah. no, Jason gets the like... hockey mask. Is the prankster what? has a hockey mask on, pretending to be a killer, before that was a cliche. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite quotes of all time is from the Toxic Avenger, two, I think, or <laughs> yeah. three. And who knew you would find a great? You never know where you're going to find a great quote like that. I mean, in this movie. They're they're getting all the bums out of Central Park or something. So the cops come up to one of these bag ladies and they say, "Neither a borrower nor a lender be <laughs> William Shakespeare." And the bum looks at the cop and goes, "Fuck you, David Mamet." <laughs> it's like the greatest. Line. It's in a Toxic Avenger movie. 
<laughs> I wonder if that was. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> oh no, the thing that's I watched so this great. week. Shout out to friend of the show, Lloyd Kaufman. Yeah, oh, yeah, friend of the show. The thing I watched this week that I wanted to talk about was a special that they were airing on uh, Turner Movie Classics. Oh, yeah. it was an interview that Alec Baldwin did with Gene Wilder. It's about an hour and a half long. Recently? From when? Uh, it was like maybe 2010. So yes, recent Whoa. enough for Gene Wilder terms. Awesome. Because he's like turned into Willy Wonka now. He's the man behind the- Oh, like, you're right. Uh, where, where does he live? He lives- Oh, this like castle, uh, <laughs> like upstate New York, I think was where he was. But Alec Baldwin came into his home. And even just talking about like the Seth MacFarlane Western and nobody can make a comedic Western anymore to watch Gene Wilder talk about Blazing Saddles, like- it's really worth it. If you can find it on cable, oh, it's wow. still there. Totally. Watch it. It's amazing because there is this magnificent twinkle in Gene Wilder's eyes that A, is still there, and B, nobody else has or has had. Is he retired? Yeah. yeah. Like kind of, I'm, I'm, but like I, there's, there's a de facto tiring, uh, retiring, but then Hackman's like, no, I'm done. Yeah. That's it. Really hasn't Connery done. Too. And this Connery was too. the first time I had seen him, like physically seen him. In like yeah. 30 years. It yeah. was like Willy Wonka coming out from behind his Yeah, last time I saw him, he was doing yeah, those specials right. on yeah. A&E. He was doing like a detective show on Hudson Entertainment yeah. for a while there. But that was, yeah, last I saw him. So, But okay. yeah, the, you can find one on Not Mel Brooks ever. too, an HBO interview with Mel Brooks uh, recently as well. I'm no longer interested in Mel Brooks. <laughs> Well, I think he knows that. So he's not making <laughs> any more movies. Right then. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, know, I don't know. Like I just he's kind of done doing shit. I just realized, like, I, I used to respond to something like that, like, oh, Mel Brooks. Oh, what a classic comedian. I just, like, hey, he was he worked for me through the 80s, and I don't know. But you wouldn't want to hear him talk about the classics? Because he's not no. going to talk about his latest thing, and that's probably a good thing. Oh, yeah. He's well. probably like, hey, I'm making a Twilight spoof. And he, like, oh, shit. No, no, he's never uh, he's never done anything for me in an interview. He never makes me no? laugh. He oh, never my really God. Wow. Oh. No, maybe I'm watching the wrong shit. Yeah, Am I getting be. the wrong shit? Yeah. I, mean, I should. There should be something yeah. for Mel Brooks that I would Watch love, this right? HBO one. It should be on HBO Go. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'll watch it. And then also on Netflix, there's <laughs> the, there's those roundtables that uh, is it Jerry Seinfeld does with comedians or Chris Rock or something. Oh, on Crackle, the uh, comedians and cars with coffee. No, no, oh, no, I know no. no. It's about. A, That's amazing. on Netflix right now. I think they just got put on there, and it's yeah. I think it's Jerry Seinfeld in a panel of comedians. I don't think it is. Who is that? Or Jerry Seinfeld's on the panel with the comedians. Yeah, Chris Rock, Louis C.K. I forget who hosts it. Yeah, me too. Who hosts it? I don't know. I don't know. John Favreau. Go watch that. Well described thing. Go watch that. <laughs> the circle of the people with the stuff. So eat. All right, listen. Well, it's time to say goodbye to Jamie and welcome uh, Lee in Bye, here thanks. from last Wednesday. Sorry, Lee's waiting outside dressed like he was last Wednesday. We got to <laughs> get really, you out of here. He, well, he smells. He hasn't changed at <laughs> all. That's we have why we our interview with a film. This is going to be a long show because Mark goes on. And it's, Mark and it's does so go great on. that he does. It is wonderful. He is so Mark Borchardt. Now, just to. to, to uh, uh, obviously, well, this is in the past as we speak to you right now. Yes. Uh, but when we were, uh, you were working in, in the email with his uh, his uh, handler, I guess here. Well, producers it's a, it's a producer. Of his new web series, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a producer of news. And they 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 said simply, uh, Mark won't tolerate uh, any goofism. Yeah. To- tolerate they didn't say because they make him sound like it. Or not he tolerate. He wasn't but interested it, in it. He wasn't interested yeah, in yeah. that. And, w- and what you realize is I guess people are looking for a Mark Borchardt to make fun of him or whatever, and I'm sure you can see that coming a mile away. Yeah. But what's funny is we got the Mark Borchardt goofism that I like, and that's just him being passionate filmmaker, but the way he talks about things yeah. is the goofism that I'm into. So it's, it's kind of funny that they're like, no goofism. And I'm like, that was all goofism, but it's very particular to him, and I don't think he thinks of it as goofism. Yeah. But you know, It was great, and there's going to be plenty of it uh, we're, when we're back in 10 seconds. Thanks, Jamie. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, I saw How to Train a Dragon 2. Oh, never mind. We don't have time. <laughs>
Did you just call it How to Train Your Dragon? How to Shave Your Dragon. That's the porn title, right? And we are back for the second part of our movie showcast. You, you, of course, are with the movie guys, Paul, Lee, and Adam. And we have our guest here for the interview part of our show. And he is uh, the subject of American Movie, a film we all love here back from 1999. And he is uh, in town working on Mark Borchardt's Out and About. So we'll find out exactly what that is. And you can guess from the title of the <laughs> show, we have Mark Borchardt. Who is our guest? Oh, yes. Mark Borchardt. Live and... A real filmmaker. Kind finally. of a legend. Do you, do you consider yourself a, a bit of a legend, Mark? Nope, because I never uh, think about it in any way, shape, or form. You I'll don't You don't think about all the... First of all, no. I, <laughs> when I saw American Movie, I was absolutely motivated. Now, I have achieved nothing True. since then, but... <laughs> you've achieved the world. But I have been motivated. Yeah, no, you've, you've achieved a lot. You're in good shape, and you're in the good graces of uh, embracing company, so you have scored... You know what? I need to hang out with this guy more I often. Know, right? you, feel good, positive. you know, we I once said that hanging out with Tom Cruise, well, who, Ron, Ron Babcock said. <laughs> his theory is his, he doesn't hang out yeah. with him, but that, you know. But uh, hanging out with Tom Cruise is like a, a week long juice cleanse. <laughs> I think five minutes with Mark Borchert. Yeah. You feel better about yourself. I, already, I want to take on the world. Thank you. Well, it's all symbiotic, man. So this is. This is, is this what I'm giving to you? Correct. Nice. Absolutely, but I mean, some some people. Yeah, I mean, you are very motivated to continue to create your art and everything like that. And people, some people will do one thing. I mean, I've got shorts that I haven't edited. They're sitting on my computer right now, and I'm like, I don't know. These are terrible. I mean, how do you keep yourself motivated? Oh no, it's just it's just it's just who I am. So there's no uh, there's no motivator or anything. I am what I am, you know. And I uh, just am fascinated by life. Uh, very lucky to be alive. And that's that's just like kind of like the lifeblood of this whole thing, the yeah. whole journey, correct? From the movie. Now you've acted a bunch since uh, American Movie. Your IMDb has twenty or so credits on there that include shorts. I'd like to read some of the titles actually. Cabin Fever Two, right? Oh, you're in the that? Devil's Muse, Zombie Killer, and these are your kind of films. No, no, <laughs> the horror genre. No, after you made no, Coven. No, <laughs> no Coven's a, a psychological thriller, and uh, mm. I, I mean, all of these things that uh, you've listed are, are good people and uh, fun experiences and so on and so forth. But um, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, it, it's not something I really particularly think about, or so that just it's all it's you know it's like if someone would get the right number on the lottery ticket, you know, and they'd have a hundred of their crack friends over and then when you know that person becomes broke you ain't gonna see one of them around so i mean it's all psychologically conditional regard so i don't think uh, either way of it i'm like i'm blessed to be here with you guys and i'm you know i, I think about how i can take that back with me this good energy and and your guys' success and so on and so forth so so what is your genre because we are obviously uh, a little mistaken. What is my it. genre? What, white male, forty-seven, <laughs> six foot three, uh, human Coming being. This first of all, yeah, first rule of Hollywood, Mark. Billion. First rule of Hollywood: never divulge your real age. I'm forty-seven, okay. born in '66. <laughs> never divulge your race. Well, he's not from Hollywood. But I'm curious <laughs> about that. White you've male, six-three, glasses. You've done a lot of acting since since American Movie. Do you do you nope, enjoy there's, acting? There's there's no sense. I don't enjoy acting. There's no sense. The only sense is uh, 1966 when I was born. Everything else is a mere <laughs> footnote because uh, 
you know, great lives. You were like currently over. acting then. Is that the right, right way to say it? Well, anytime there's a camera on or a microphone in front, front of you or someone, yep, right there, <laughs> uh, there is a form of uh, enhanced uh, performance, as they say. That's true. There's, there's. A, I noticed because I, I had a comedy troupe, and I would turn the camera on constantly in Chicago. I've documented uh, basically ten years there, and I noticed that people. There's the person I hang out with, and then when the camera's on, they're still, you know, the the people I know, but they're this heightened version of themselves. Are yeah. You, you explore your heightened version. Well, uh, no, no, I don't. Um, let's 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 <laughs> let's do this. 1963, the Nutty Professor. 1983, The King of Comedy, Jerry Lewis. I was a kid. I King caught. Of I, yeah. Thank you. I caught on right away. I was high as a kite watching that <laughs> film as a teen, seeing The King of Comedy, because I knew that there's always real serious people, which is 100,000 times more interesting than the nutty professor running around. So King of Comedy, man, I was like, yeah, man, this is where it's at. And how prophetic is that movie back in 1983? I mean, it, it, it was like a, a reality TV that is now being lived out all the time. Like, because today, if if we do something horrible like kidnap a child, we get a show. <laughs> we we become a celebrity, and that's what Rupert Pupkin did. Is he? Uh, what was his Jerry Jerry Larry Lawrence Vale? What was the I character's name? Yeah. Well, Rupert Pupkin was De Niro's. Character. Yeah, but what was what was uh, Jerry Lewis's, Lewis's name? Jimmy Lawrence or something Lawrence? No, some, mm. But anyway, he kidnaps him, right? And he and he ends up being famous as a result of it. You know, he does his twenty one months in, in tennis prison, which is, you know, what we do now, and then you get your own show and you get your own series. <laughs> I love that movie. That movie is one of my yeah, favorites. Seeing seeing Jerry Lewis, thank you. Seeing Jerry Lewis serious as he is in real life was a was a godsend, man. I I love that kind of stuff. Or De Niro being funny is the, is one of my favorite things. Midnight it's Run. Like, Oh, that's yeah, that's a great film, man, with the Charles Grodin, man. Actually, I got his Charles Grodin's biography. Um, uh, but no, what, what we were just talking about? Oh, De Niro being funny, right? Yeah. Well, no, he's it's more tragic. That role was a, a, a tragic role. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, which was it's, hilarious. It's humorous. <laughs> it's humorous, but he's such a character. I mean, there's no character like that in in, in movies, you know. No, so. Would that be your favorite film of all kind of all time? If you want not, me to say my favorite film? We ask every guest. What do you got? Uh, Faces, Persona, Hour of the Wolf, Symbiopsychotaxoplasm, Take One, Strozik, uh, many well stuff like Othella, Macbeth, Chimes at Midnight, uh, Plansky Repulsion, Cul-de-sac, Knife in the Water. Uh, I mean, it just can go on and on and on. I've heard on. of Repulsion. Let's, let's start with Faces. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you started with Faces, right? That's a yeah, that's a, Faces, yeah, that's a masterpiece along with, I love theater, so I love opening night. So oh, what is yeah. it that you look, so what is it that all those films have there's in a common reality, for you? There's a reality to those. There's a, a realism to that. You're in the lives of the people in those movies. Absolutely. I mean, especially Cassavetti's movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and then you asked... What I get out of it, I just, I it's just, just a high, just a high. Watching it, a connection to life. Um, I'm, I, you know, like a Punishment Park, uh, David Holzman's Diary, all of that stuff. Man, those are those are incredible films. But uh, man, I tell you. Now, David Holzman's Diary, I just watched that thank for the you. first time. Jim McBride, yeah, thank you. And, and this is, if you've not seen this, this is the the forefront of the sort of pseudo reality. It's it's a fake documentary, right? Correct. But it's but it's directed and presented in this way that I mean, nobody would have ever known at the time that what they're not watching is this real document. And I believe the guy is documenting himself, right? Correct. He he turns the camera on himself. Which I believe you do in some of your works as well, right? Incorrect. You, no? Only when I'm taking still photos. Oh, okay. <laughs> we call that a mockumentary, Adam. 
Well, That's now the they do, but uh, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm mock- just trying to educate. A mockumentary, a mockumentary is more like a more... Christopher Guest type yeah, exactly. thing, waiting for Guffman and such. Where there's a this is where there's a real kind of a whereas a whereas a Holzman David Holzman diary is they don't want you in any way, shape, or form to believe anything but that it is real. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a Guest thing is that uh, there's a wait a minute. You mean to tell me they weren't waiting for Guffman? Or well, that Guffman they, wasn't coming. They were neither. Did oh. you, did there you, is no Guffman. There's there is no, what? There's no Spoon, Lee. Oh. <laughs> there is a, <laughs> no Spoon. Did you ever, I'm, I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but it's never been released on video. And as soon as the film was in theaters, and I saw it in a small theater in Chicago, the director had died, actually. And it's a, a pseudo-documentary about a small town that makes paper clips. And the paperclip factory closes, and the town implodes. But they don't let you know until the very end, at the very end, after they presented this entirely serious documentary which when you think about it in retrospect is kind of funny but then you see the outtakes of them laughing but it's only in the credits and you're just like what well, it just blew my mind spoiler alert god i can't i can't remember <laughs> yeah spoiler alert on that movie we can't find is that anywhere? within like the last 30 years or <laughs> oh yeah yeah this okay. is like uh, about 15 16 years ago uh, i think i think of the name of it it's re- i i gotta track it down i keep thinking of it but I, w- I threw it out in case you remembered it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I like, I'm not, if you like pseudo documentaries, I've got to figure out what this movie is. In within within the last thirty years, that's where it, the, the interest kind of wanes. So I, you know, there's a certain I'd like to cut things off around seventy six or so, but have an allowance to eighty three. Do you so, enjoy popular movies? Do you go to the movies? Do you? I mean, you is there really anything? Cut it off after is there anything out there kind, now kind that of. you want to go and watch? Well, yeah, I mean, Tom Cruise. That, no, no, no. This Tom is, Cruise. This is going to strike you as qu- <laughs> very marginal and scratching your head, and it's there. Listen, it's no humor whatsoever, but just kind of like a, well, maybe you uncomfortable resignation that that there's nothing that you could say. So I'll throw something really marginal, and that's August Osage County because hmm. um, I like theater and the idea of theater melded with film. So that's the most banal thing that I can possibly. Say to this table, I got the exact reaction I was uh, no, looking no. for—a sense of silent bewilderment and uneasiness. I know I'm the, thinking. I'm thinking. And the other uh, movie you should like because you like theater is A Few Good Men, because uh, that was a play, correct? Yeah. Oh no. I, yeah, I've seen A Few Good Men. <laughs> and that yeah. movie is a, a really good execution of the stage play. Yeah. Well, then you can go back to Kane Mutiny too, as well, which is uh, which is not only a novel but a stage play. But it's not. It's not the the. Um, apex of this thinking occurs like in 73 to 75 with the uh, American Film Theater Project. Uh, there was 14 of them made, including John Genet's uh, The Maids, etc., etc. Uh, uh, many great ones. It, you, again, stunned silence. What is the American? <laughs> no, hey, I'm going to get <laughs> wait, your wait, bail. Wait, I'm listening. From, from the, in the mid-70s, they, they would do a subscriber uh, thing, and I've, I've questioned people of a certain age along the way and caught people who have subscribed and, and went to see it. They would sell the tickets and uh, f- over this two-year period, they w- they produced fourteen films based on theater plays. Okay, and um, and this occurred, like I said, from seventy-three to seventy-five. So you would buy the ticket in advance, so subscribe to it, the series, and then go see the, these plays at your local theater over huh. the. So yeah, there's there's some um, there's some fin- fantastic work. And they made done. movies based on these plays. Correct then? films. Yeah, they funded the movies with the plays. Right? Is that how it worked? Yeah. Well, no, no. They didn't fund the movie with the plays. They they just they funded the films as films. You know, they 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 filmed the plays. So it wasn't actually okay. filming the stage, like a a stage play, but rather. Um, a hybrid of film and theater. So, gotcha. so it, it's a, it was a fantastic project, uh, a, a gem to come across. 
But the, the only reason why I involve all of us now into this talk is that in film, each particular scene has its own ambitions and it, it has its own idiosyncratic uh, narrative arc because you, 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 you know what a scene is. And that scene then is subservient. Those series of scenes are subservient to the entirety of the, of the narrative, which itself is broken up into three acts. Whereas in theater, it's more of a, it has more of an existentialistic quality uh, in that, as you know, the dialogue goes on and on and on and on, and there's, there's an opportunity for more potentially expanding exchanges, which film cannot out of commercial necessity afford. So you like when film approaches existentialism a, uh, a little more too, because it's imitative of well, that sort of thing. Oh no no like no no no, a, no 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 like not imitative. It's, it's 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 immersive. Now, waiting for Godot and so forth, they did a wonderful film of that. That reading the play itself, you, you won't get as much out of it, obviously, because the nuance is in in all the fits and starts, the bits and pieces, which are basically psychologically indecipherable when you read the play, but on film. It works and so on and so forth. So there's these wonderful opportunities in the kingdom of film that are out there. The gems are a little dusty. Some of them are hidden in the cracks and crevices of a unspoken history, but it's up to you, if so interested, to uncover them. I was going to ask you, hmm. did you grow up in Milwaukee or outside of Milwaukee? No, in the city proper. Didn't, was it easy to get a hold of all the films you wanted to watch when you were growing up, when VHS pop started popping up? No, because like, I grew up before, well... I was a kid before VHS. VHS, I can remember when they had those $800 machines, like in the very late 70s, start coming in, uh, uh, VHS players. So, yeah, no, I was around, obviously, when VHS came mainstream in the, the 80s and so forth. And, and what kind of cinemas did you get to go to? Oh, we had uh, Mill Road Theater. We had Northridge, Northtown, all of that lined up and down 76th Street. O almost all of those are closed and abandoned now. So God, I hate that. I hate going yeah. downtown L.A. and seeing all the closed-up theaters that are now jewelry shops. And I know. Just, and they got those beautiful like marquees shops. and nothing on them, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah, but what you don't hate is the fact that these uh, visages of, of the past remain. When you go down to downtown L.A., which most people who are not familiar with L.A. don't understand, uh, downtown L.A. is a vibrant metropolis, as is New York City, except uh, downtown L.A. is replete with beautiful, magnificent art uh, deco buildings, beautiful facades of uh, time-worn um, palaces from the 20s, you know, movie palaces. Yeah. And to excite your ambitions to check this out, see uh, Paul Schrader's The Canyon, The Canyons, the which canyon. opens with these facades of theaters. Mm -hmm. Many, I suspect, yeah. shot in the L.A. area since they shot the film here. Paul Schrader, the writer of Taxi Driver, the director Blue of... Collar, uh, Blue Collar, Hardcore, yeah. all of that. Hardcore, make it stop. Yeah, George C. Scott, so, or is man. Is it Turn It Off that George so, C. Scott screams in? Turn it off, turn it off! Mark, do you currently <laughs> reside in Milwaukee still? Or Correct. You, so, Take out the still, I live in Milwaukee. Yes, there's no still. <laughs> well, Ongoing. Well, I want to make sure that... because. I think you differentiated yourself as not an actor, right? You don't consider yourself no, because, an actor. No, because an act, and, and I won't go on to the whole thing so you can complete the question, but an actor is someone who does <laughs> it by craft, earns a living in it, and is um, indelibly interested in it. They're impassioned for the, tra the trajectory of their career in acting, whereas I uh, merely appear. I, you know, You'll I don't take study, the opportunity for Yeah, I don't study the craft. But you're a filmmaker. Yeah. Do you, if, if you a filmmaker, writer, absolutely. Okay, so this does lead to a question, sure. which is, 
wouldn't it be easier to do that here in Los Angeles? Have you ever considered moving to either no, no, New no, York no, or no, 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 that, that's, 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 no, no, no. Because here, first of I've all, I've been wrong with all my questions. No, no, you, you, no, you've <laughs> been, you've been a wonderful, hey, but, it, but it leads into, yeah, know, you, good no, stories. No, no. I'm a full inspiration, springboard, man. Yes. Yeah, no, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the whole point. Starting no. a topic and then, uh... no, if, if you would make <laughs> films out here in Los Angeles, they would become Los Angeles. They would become the architecture the style, the fashion, the tempo of the city, the heat, the perpetual light of the city, they would become Los Angeles. Your heart and soul the, the, uh, w- would be gone in 200 fragments and could only be repieced together once you um, find yourself trudging back home. No, I mean, I'm going to move. <laughs> I've been looking for a reason to get the hell out of here. Yeah. No, if, if you want to make Los Angeles movies, then I would go to Los Angeles. If you want to make Wisconsin films with the brooding, somber skies, the dense uh, mm. patterns of, of autumnal foliage, and etc., and the, that particular architecture, then you'd have to go there. You know, so uh, my heart is where I'm from, and there it must remain. Well, I'm glad I hear that answer <laughs> as an answer because I used to think that for a while. You know, because uh, you and I are approximately the same age, sure. although I can play anywhere from 32 to 47. No, you sure um, can. <laughs> uh, um, but I always had this theory that you kind of had to be in either New York or L.A. in order to pursue this. But then with the advent of technology and the ability to, to, to produce movies yeah. because of the technology, that you didn't have to be invited into L.A. You can kind of make your own movie and wait for them to come to you. But now that I live here, it still feels like here's where you kind of need to be if you really want to. But... I don't know if I'm. I feel like I'm gonna no, be I don't wrong know. with that. Yeah, no, you are. No, 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 Mark's no, made no. more movies than you. Like. <laughs> no, 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 that's nothing to do with anything. And then he made one. No, 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 no. No, because if I would agree with you, I would disseminate the hopes and ambitions and visions of millions of others. Mm-hmm. So, in respect to them, I ha- I'm not disagreeing just to disagree. No, I'm disagreeing for the sake of those. Uh, millions of unsung yet to be heroes. No, so I, and that's very encouraging. Where they need to, yeah. you know, where they need to do their thing. That you know, you no longer have to be here. You can actually. You never had to be anywhere. They weren't here. They were, uh, they were out in the Northeast. Uh, you know, with Edison and his pant- patents, had a had a grip on the motion picture industry, and um, till they started having the flee out west. You know, first to Chicago, then to Florida. And, you know, Edison was after him. He owned the patents to the motion picture equipment until, you know, that fragmented and we, we could all make films. But the real estate was open here. It was cheaper in, northeast, in the Northeast. It was all locked up. And if you started shooting films, you didn't uh, pay off Edison or so. They'd come after you. So there's there's a re- many reasons why uh, they made films out here as opposed to other places. But, but one of them is that, that Edison... Could you could escape Edison's patents here, right? I feel like I've heard, yeah, heard that's, this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you didn't have a jet plane. Once you were out here, you were out here. Even though yeah. they did send people out here to to break up their productions, but eventually that uh, that all dissolved, you know, and all they could make films in peace. They're just going right over Wisconsin the whole time. They're, yeah, they're, they're, the Northeast and the arguing. But I just learned this. There, there's there's a whole Edison kind of like nose breaking. Mob. No, yeah, he was. He was. He was a heavy. Yeah, he was adamant about that. He owned hmm. the rights to the motion picture equipment. I mean, there was the Lumieres, you know, Auguste and uh, is this Louis Thomas or Doug Edison? Lumiere, <laughs> Lumiere, Lumiere. Yeah, Con? Lumiere, Auguste and Louis, and it's Thomas Edison. Yeah. Wow. 
Honestly, I had no idea that that was that was yeah. part yeah, of Yeah, well, the someone had to invent the equipment, and he basically held the patent. Now, I think there was a German, there was an English guy. Tesla head thugs. Yeah, also, yeah, also <laughs> working on this equipment. I'm going to be a Tesla so. thug. <laughs> Run around zapping people? I think that's what you do. <laughs> so, the cattle prod, right? Well, I, I want to talk about uh, Mark Borchardt's Out and About, because it sounds like you're getting out of Wisconsin now and traveling about. Because yeah, so that, I, I, that's not me, so you'd have to refer that to your special guest. Well, we, we have off-camera here. Kristen Cummins from WrestleRuth Productions. We're Hi. putting together Hi, this. Kristen. The voice. Yes. <laughs> go ahead and don't be afraid to move right in on that mic so we can hear what this project is all about. Well, it's... Um, Russell Ruth is consists of myself and Dee Dee Miller Cohen, who's not here tonight. But um, we we've known Mark for many years, and um, in fact, we made a pilot with Comedy Central and Jeff Stilson, who did the Osbournes a few years back. Yeah. And um, we went out to to Milwaukee and and filmed that. It was a great pilot that didn't get picked up, but whatever. It was a great experience, and um, then. We just have kind of always been in touch and wanted to do something else. And but Mark has always been a little bit, you know, he's just into his own thing. He's not really. So what's the premise behind the show? Because yeah, here's the deal. When you watch American movie, I just want to see him out and about doing more stuff. Exactly. So he's just so we basically corralled him. We corralled him. Um, first, we kind of had we corralled him. We got his daughter, Dawn, who is just graduated from UWM. Um, with a degree in oh film. Oh my good lord. Like the young girl ago. from American Movie. The daughter. She's graduated she's now, Mark, from from a university. Oh yeah, yeah. She's got a degree in film and then she, she works for various film festivals, uh, makes her money shooting stuff, editing, all of that stuff. So she's very... Uh, but this doesn't sound right because I'm not old enough for that to have happened. Yeah, that's, she could possibly <laughs> no, be no. that old. That means Check we're all old. Check your math. That's Check true. Then we're all old. That's, and I don't, yeah. She's 25 and adorable oh. and super talented and we takes just after her father. See what I did there, Mark? Mm. Thank you, sir. You <laughs> <laughs> used to sleep on the editing room floor. <laughs> that's right. I just watched yep, that scene the other day. I just yeah. was uh, in preparation for it. So I'm sure you were saying. Well, we just on a whim, we were going to, you know, we had other opportunities of like reality shows that Mark was just like, you know, uh, not into. And so we just turned his daughter loose on him one afternoon, one sunny afternoon in Milwaukee, just to kind of see what would come of it. And this kind of little spark happened. It was just just a two minute little clip on YouTube. You can find it. YouTube hmm. Mark Borchard's Out and About, and we loved it. And on a whim, we didn't even know it was called Out and About. On a whim, we were just gonna name it for YouTube. And Mark's like Out and About, and then that was just sort of sparked. Like, okay, it's simple. It's you know grassroots. It's family. And so then we flew both of them out here <laughs> and, and just set up some interesting people for him to hang out with that we thought he would enjoy himself with. One being Rob Zabrecki, who's this magician about town. And we went and hung out with him one afternoon in the old zoo. And they did an animal seance. And some trippy stuff happened in there. Whoa, 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 an animal seance. What were you trying to bring back, uh, Mark? Or well, talk, I, I, what we're trying to talk to, speak to. Yeah, no, I wasn't yeah. trying to bring back anything. But I did, What, what when we did approach the place, what was beautiful was there was um, a um, uh, uh, kind of an abstract, I'll say just cubist, because geome ge geometrically we're at 90-degree nine, angles. They were uh, <laughs> working. It was uh, the melancholic sun was starting to uh, spray its golden light upon the grass and all of the environment. And uh, they were building a stage set for Shakespeare in the park. Uh, it was uh, just uh, two people. 
and uh, so we got a glimpse at their 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 lives in Griffith in the Griffith Park area that we would have never had encountered before. So so that's what had fascinated me uh, by being there. <laughs> yes, and as producers, we were like, "Great, they're hammering and jackhammering, and we're about to go film." <laughs> Mark's right. like, "It's so beautiful." We had to drag him away. He was taking photos. So adventures <laughs> with random stuff in cool, in uh, cool places. Yeah, and we got um, Derek Waters, who's the, who does Drunk History. Yeah, yeah. We went, he's a big fan of Mark's, and he had us over to the studio, and we got to see, like, you know, where they film everything, and spent, like, three and a half hours, and they did push-ups and curls in the office, and some uh, pretty other amazing things occurred. This has all been documented, I hope? This has all been documented. <laughs> yep. So we filmed for about four days. And now Dawn, so Dawn filmed everything, and now she's editing everything, and she wow. directed everything. She's just sort of our little pistol in our pocket. How proud are you <laughs> that she's shooting and editing? Oh, and yeah, yeah, that that she, well, she's a, kind of like a serious person that's uh, career-minded, and she has the wherewithal to work independently, derive an income from all this motion picture work. Like I said, I mean, she's filming right now down at the... Uh, I think it's almost now the world's largest music fest, Summerfest, which just started. So she's oh, yeah. she's shooting down there uh, for the duration or so on and so forth. So 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 that's what she does: shoot and edit and all of that stuff. So um, yeah, so she's on the right uh, track with her career. She's very talented too. Very talented uh, with her composition and her editing. And what and would so happen on. if she said, "Dad, I want to move to LA and make movies." Uh, it's nothing I could do to stop her. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's what she's got to do. What she's got to do. Sit, you'd sit her down and talk to her first, right? You'd say, "Look, nah, no? because nah, because we're we're all individuals and people have their uh, mindsets, and it would be inappropriate for me to do that to impede upon her uh, path and so on." So if she was going to do that, she it would be with the uh, right instincts in mind. Here we found a clip. Uh, oh, no. I don't think that plugs Oops, into my phone. Oh, well. Never mind. Be no Sorry, we found the uh, Out and About clip. Yeah. But it is on YouTube, Out and About Mark Borchardt. Mark Borchardt. Yeah. And again, I mean, praise be to all these guys uh, doing it. That's not me. I, uh, that's a uh, a phantom uh, performance, a reenactment of this and of that. <laughs> but these guys will succeed wonderfully, correct? Because uh, they get into the show business aspect of it and Wait, what I is that? appreciate a, that a phantom performance yeah well one your performance uh, as you've said you're not you're, yeah you're, that's, that's, that's a, a, i don't actually i i you're mark borchardt yeah, the character I, no 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 i just <laughs> all of it i just i disassociate from all now i think i think you're all wonderful people and it's a wonderful experience and i take this back with me and think man these guys are productive these guys are living their life and so forth and it means a lot to me so it's not like i'm on some show but rather the uh what it takes to to live your guys's life so when you're talking about this other stuff i immediate any media or anything i've never thought about i immediately disassociate myself from it's so compartmentalized i can't even find if i if i would even go looking through the hallways of my mind so i'm i'm <laughs> immediately the real person as, as soon as all of this stuff is done with but I'm having a good time right now too because I feel like I can express myself to a to a rather uh, realistic degree. Uh, thanks to your guys' good graces for allowing me to. Yeah. Hey, you know. Thank you for being here. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, obviously we enjoyed, as I said, watching you in an American movie, and that and, wasn't and me. But, <laughs> but what, well, so that's what no, you're no, saying. That, you're, that's yeah. what you're saying is that no, even yeah, an no, American no, movie that, wasn't that, you. No, a, a, that 
obviously was a testament uh, of, of that particular time in that particular circumstance. Yeah. And like I said, if I had 400 grand in the bank, I wouldn't even be here, man. I would never, ever talk about anything outside the singular uh, aspect of one's own idiosyncratic self-potential. I would never, I've never thought about it, never talked about any appearance or anything, unless it, there was some aside for some reason or so on and so forth. Because so I'm, I'm like you guys trying to get the job done. Well, I'm a, so that I'm a little trepidatious with this next question, sure, but I'm going to ask be. it nonetheless. Yeah. Um, Christine had mentioned, is it, yeah, Christine, Kristen, Kristen, Kristen had mentioned that I get the feeling you may have been approached probably more than once with reality program mm-hmm. opportunities. Please share some of those. Oh yeah, you you you, you guys. <laughs> Please share. You, what you guys are out there? You, yes. you guys, you guys would crack up because you guys are into show business and you'd be wheeling and dealing. I was just uh, dealing with some good people with uh, um, dealing with big names and and all of that stuff out of uh, you know the other big He's city. Driven us very crazy. <laughs> and and, uh, and trying to trying to get me to do this stuff. And if you guys would hear the the phone conversations, your jaw drop, man. Because, uh, yeah, because, I mean, they think that, you know, I'm somebody, and then it's all of a sudden somebody else, and these are very robust conversations. <laughs> like Mark, Mark, we want you to run a hair salon. Yeah, oh, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. Everyone who comes oh. in, they want an 80s dude. Yeah, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. Mullets no, only no, is what no, we call no, it. No, 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 it doesn't even go. You're in an animal dude, shelter. Dude, it doesn't, even, it doesn't even get there. You guys, it, all of a sudden, the con- no, no, it actually doesn't even get there. They all... They all know they they actually want me to film me making a film, right? Mm. But I say, oh, yeah. but, yeah, but, but right, Hollywood right. will only let you do what they've seen you do. Oh, oh no, 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 <laughs> no, no, which is cool because that's what I do. But I always feel like, well, why don't you get some dude off the curb, man, making a film? There's again psychologically, there's conditional regard. It's always uh, symbiotic in this constellation of uh, oh, how can we attach this to that? So it, it never works out. It'll it'll never work out. It will never work out unless they get the dude off the curb doing a show about him and, and uplift his life, it, it, it just ain't going to work out. Well, you know, we used to do this show on a curb, so if you want to share that with those people, <laughs> let them know. Next stop, well, they the got movie their, guys. Yeah, they got their own deal okay. out there. <laughs> well, now, no, yeah, you sound like you have some stories as well. Well, uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> he's, you know, he, well, what's part of his charm is, I mean, we love that about him. He's not like, yeah. put, you know, put on my top hat. I'm going to, no. I'll, I'll jump through your hoops. I'll do anything. No. He's his own guy. Um, and he, and we kind of love that he doesn't want to, you know, we kind of have to drag him kicking and screaming a little bit. And the <laughs> only reason we do that is because we think the world of him and um we just think he's so interesting and fun to watch and a lot of people enjoy him and he's got all this you know but he's different in ways people don't realize know the real him which i guess you're kind of getting to know as far as he's just super well read and super interesting and all the stuff coming out of his mouth you're just like what how did he stitch stitch all those words together (laughs) and so we just have kind of henpecked away at him and um he's you know we've gotten some really cool people that really really wanted to do a lot with him and he's just sort of he just doesn't want a camera in his life he doesn't want you know he likes to go around milwaukee go to the bookstores go to the museums he doesn't want these people you know following around and like then he can't go back there because he feels like he just likes being incognito and on the down low and doesn't want a lot of hoopla and so we just kind of stuck it out and stuck it out. And that's why we kind of almost feel like this is sort of like this perfect harmonic convergence. Because if we would have mm. maybe gone with some of those other people, they didn't care about Mark in, this, in the way that we'd cared about him. And, mm. you know, I've watched his daughter grow up and, um, you know, we just kind of go way back. 
And so it's kind of cool now that her, you know, the daughter's come full circle and now she's a part of it. And I think it's just, I don't know, kind of think the timing wait, worked out. Cool. Wait, 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 Mark, <laughs> you, you, Flava Flav, MC Hammer, <laughs> and uh, Jaleel White, who played Urkel. <laughs> All live in a house together. Well, is this yeah. a show or what? Oh, Mark will love that. Oh, yeah. Well, I wouldn't be saying nothing, man. I'd just be making notes and reading my books, man. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, I'm sure everyone is actually cool, so we'd all get along well. Well, Julia White's kind of an yeah. asshole, but that's me. But what you are doing, though. Yeah, we're just going to see what happens. What you are doing, though, outside of the reality pitches that may come your way, is I noticed on IMDb there popped up a second directing credit. Yeah. Scare me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah, us. I, I shot like about 60% of that, and then I realized, well, two things that happened. One is that um, all of a sudden, psychologically, I said, uh, yeah, I'm done rolling the rock up the hill. I really don't want to go out in public. I really don't want to make all of these calls or have all these calls made to get all these locations and this, that. Secondly, there's a question about some of the release forms, because when I did COVID, man, I was on the money. Every location, every actor, before one frame of uh, film rolled, I, those release forms were signed. So when they were um, making the documentary, they hadn't done that that accurately, so they had to go back and have everybody sign off, You know, which can be a bit of a pain yeah. locating people and praying that they do sign it, You because know, people can have changes of agenda and changes of outlook. So before, like I said, with COVID, ma'am, I just slid on home when it was time to license it because I had every location and every uh, actor talent form signed. Uh, Scare Me was the same thing, but we also had, it was a, more of a larger production with a lot of uh, crowd scenes, and I became concerned with all of these, uh, you know, a few hundred actors where was every uh, talent release form nailed and could it be proven and to my, the best of my knowledge, no, it cannot be proven. So there, there's. This, I appreciate everyone who's helped so far and, and all of that stuff. But that's where it stands now. No, now most people wouldn't be talking about release forms on the air about the <laughs> film, but I am because that's one of the particular the uh, technical issues. Yeah. So I'm not going to say well this and well that. Well, that is because that is. Well, not to get too far in the quagmire, then <laughs> I assume you do non-union. Oh, correct. Yeah, so you're correct. Going, I've, I've, yeah, absolutely. So you're uh, just looking for image, name, image, and likeness releases, kind of in perpetuity worldwide. Yeah, correct. Yeah, that sort of thing. You know, I can you're, find a whole lot of union folk in the Milwaukee area, right? Yeah, well, the the, the union is down in Chicago, right? So Milwaukee eludes that uh, those concentric circles that uh, SAG would emanate from the studio Chicago, zone, as they like to call it. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's where sure. TMZ comes from, the 30 mile zone here in Los Angeles, where stayed within 30 miles or so of this oh. zone that you didn't have to pay, you know, for out-of-town expenses. So, Do you know where that center is? No. It's actually on Wilshire Boulevard. It's at oh, the, sure. 30 yeah. miles from there on yeah, Wilshire? Yeah, 30 miles. is the studio zone or the movie zone, and, and um, oh. beyond that, yeah, you don't have to pay for transportation to extras and whatnot, um, but also then you're obligated to hire within a studio zone. For example, if you go down to Texas to get in the quagmire, Texas is a right-to-work state, so you, they don't have unions, but there still is a studio zone around Dallas and around Austin, so if you shoot your oh. SAG film in those, you're still beholden to the union and their obligations, even though they're a right-to-work state. Smart business. I used to work at the <laughs> Guild, by the way, Mark. You think? Wow. Yeah. You think maybe? <laughs> wow. think maybe? So one of the questions I had after American Movie was moving forward on Northwestern. Yeah, there, there is no after. The only, oh, of course. Their only beginning point is 1966. Everything <laughs> else is a That's footnote. Right. 
Okay. Um, so without any that, chronological order. Yeah, without point, any without any chrono- chronological some point, order. Northwestern any, um, was going to be moved forward on. Yeah, and again, it's it all comes down to psychology. I'd actually written a written a script, and it has taken other forms. It was a film of its time, and I let one day turn into the next. That's why I said you guys have your stuff together. You guys are in, in proper order, whereas I... Let's hear it for us. <laughs> and every week, for you guys. Guest every week. tell us we're in a proper I, order. <laughs> it takes you 56 are. shows or something. Finally, someone's... A, no, no, you, you guys, guys are, are in order. Happy what we're doing. <laughs> Absolutely. No. What was the story of uh, Northwestern? Well, first of all, the, I would never have ever spoke publicly about anything. I mean, it's like... Uh, uh, some young chick is ain't going to start talking about her diary in front of a camera or something like, or to her friends or anything like that. It's intimate. And yeah. I, I remember how they would feminize, like, oh, you got a diary? I said, no, it's a journal. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because they would try to, because most people are, w- don't record their life, you know, because it's so, well, well that's kind of weird. I'm, I watch TV. I, I fix cars. I don't be writing about my life. Uh, so anyway, I do. And uh, so I, it's, 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 we've, you know, obviously now journal is in the mainstay and so on and so forth. So when they were when 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 they were doing the uh, rolling the cameras and so forth, you know, I was drinking and be loud with the mouth and that. And that was the project I was going to do. Is it be beautiful, black and white, sixteen millimeter, all of that kind of stuff. The barren trees, junkyards, uh, this that, the roads, oh the the beautiful gas stations at twilight when the fluorescent sheen of the light would begin to bathe, you know, the uh, the ground, you know, the whole milieu of the, the gas, you know how gas stations look at twilight, <laughs> all of that stuff, man. <laughs> and now what's cool about that at that particular time, films like that weren't being done unless you go to like 79 for Northern Lights. You guys haven't seen it. It's uh, black and white, either 16 or 35. It was uh, premiered on PBS back in 79. Back at 79, PBS was not hip as it is as it is nowadays. Now there's a new P- PBS is something new now. Now it's hip. But anyway, Northern Lights, very beautiful film. They didn't have films like this really back then. So that particular film that I was going to do was still going to be something special in its time, which is another curious thing is when you do films, you think, well, do you want to kind of like subtleize all the digital stuff what do you want to do about fashion you don't want to be too extreme because in five years it's going to be outdated so you when you know if i would ever do any more films or that i would constantly think about how can i make this as timeless and ageless there is no time if we've learned anything today right yeah there's no time certainly (laughs) so the answer to northwestern is you're continuing you're not continuing it you're not going to talk about it oh no i i i I, i'm i'm writing and so on and so forth but that's now my own private deal yeah and uh uh I, 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 maybe, maybe you talk to God. I don't know. But maybe sometime I'll film it. Who knows? Now, now, also from what I what I gathered there too, you're saying that that you know when you write or you journal, that yeah. you're capturing the moment now. And so that was that was that movie or is that movie still? Is it coming out of your life now? Like, is it is it something that you're presenting as a manifestation of like where you're at? Oh no, is no, that no. what you're saying with yeah, the no, journaling? A number one. Well, we're talking about the film and the journal. The jur- the film has a nothing to do with me. Uh, I'm I'm the, just the guy. But you're writing always it. presenting yourself in any of your uh, movies or writings, right? It's, it's yeah, comes in, from you. in a very in a very customized way and so f- a very customized disenfranchised way. One one of the one of the one of the hardest things was you know because I played the lead and scare me. I don't drink. 
So I had to play this alcoholic who's this drunk writer who has to speak in front of a crowd of people at an author appearance. So it was a, kind of the weirdest thing of all to face this whole group of people and to, and to pretend to be drunk when you don't even drink. And it's just, oh, I said, man, what did I get myself into? Because hmm. you have to have a consistency of drunkenness because I do a lot of takes, a lot of coverage, a lot of angles. So you have to keep portraying, try to slur the same words, this, that, man. So that that's, that's all maddening. So when you make a film, there's so many things... You have to take into account. I mean, you have to do craft service. You have. I, I know a lot of people skimp on. Some people skimp on that, and it hurts the morale of the crew and so yeah. forth. And you could lose crew members. So always, you do that. Then you have to have a shot list. I come in with a shot list. I get my shots. I always know that some shots probably will be dropped during the day because we're going to run out of time. But I space it out, and I don't screw around with people either. When I hit that set, man, I don't start talking about the news or their sports issues or something like that, man. It's like I. I make sure that the setup, 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 all in mind with the maturity to know that I could lose a shot or two along the way, but to get, get, get what's essential. I shoot too much. I got too much to pick from, you know, and that's again a, a, a psychological malaise, the miasma of, of my <laughs> own thinking that uh, comes back to haunt me in the uh, editing phase. I will tell you something though. Despite all the extras issues you had, or money issues that happened, or whatever plagued your shoot. Those opening shots of Coven are fantastic. And watching you yeah. out in the out in the the field positioning uh, scarecrows with Mike, no, do this one. You're just trying to get the shot, and then I see the shot in the final thing. I'm like, that's a great looking scary shot. Yeah, sparse, and, and it didn't yeah. hurt that it was shot on film. Would you still do that today, or have you gone digital? Well, first of all, thank you for the uh, the compliment because that's yeah, that's all I can be. You saw the uh, you know I I did the scarecrows and I did the montage of the rural landscape, which I'm. Very proud of all the stuff that I shot uh, on that. I'm very proud of because, yeah, you know. Those are great that, shots. You know, so thank you. Now, this digital thing, um, first of all, I think almost anything, and not this is not in, like, as a, I'm a sentimentalist or that, I just, film has a superior quality to digital. You know it's digital. You know it's film. I love black and white 16 millimeter. And, um, but I do have a DVX 100, and I love, so far I've not seen any digital camera match the cinema quality of a DVX 100, which uh, came out uh, from Panasonic about a, about a dozen years ago or so, and I just was uh, speaking to someone. We can get it native. You can even get uh, sure. standard definition in HD pullback four to three to make it native 16 by nine. So we're good to go. So film and the DVX 100. Yeah, I have that camera. Oh, you do. Yeah, Bless well, your I, heart. We're man. shooting here on the HPX, the, oh, later, wow. the HPX, later generation. But you do have the uh, but sweet, the, but the DVX is yeah. That's yeah. the in first the twenty-four frame, and that's the shot yeah. on tape, and it does have a very yeah. uh, uh, tactile feel yeah. to it. Yeah, right? yeah. 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 They shot movies like Open Water, I think, in that uh, yeah. in that camera. But um, still a Packer fan. Take out the still. <laughs> Son of a. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've been I'm watching. That's awesome. Yeah. That's it. You're a Packer fan. Yeah, no, I, I, no I, 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 I've been watching like since 78, so absolutely. And now you're talking about this plug-in stuff. Um, I write for About Face Media about documentary film. We oh, just yeah? did one on, or doing one on the new Johnny Winter film, did one on the Milwaukee Arena, and then I reviewed such things as uh, or essays on, uh, you know, F for Fake, Symbiocycotaxoplasm, Take One, The American Dreamer. Have you guys seen The American Dreamer? Dennis Hopper, post-production, Taos, New Mexico, as he's editing the last movie. Uh, it's, wow. I got it somehow. It's, it seems like someone copied it off a VHS tape. There's an actual real break, real break right in the middle of the film, The American Dreamer. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's Dennis Hopper in his compound with the chicks, with the art, discussing Orson Welles, discussing editing, him shooting guns out in the desert, all of that kind of stuff. It's just amazing. And it's a gem, man. Again, I wouldn't... I don't believe you guys are infidels. I believe that your listeners are not infidels. <laughs> that if I say the American Dreamer, uh, I won't have squandered the syntax of that title. And uh, like the is, is yeah. this the making of the last movie? Is that uh, what you're talking about, or the making of what? It's it's they say so they shot the last movie. They bring back the footage to Taos, New Mexico. Yeah. So he has his uh, and you know, he's going there. insane at this point, right? I mean, he's yeah, at he's his a, most insane. Yeah, that Dennis I mean, Hopper. yeah, that would be correct. He's at his most. Uh, yeah, uh, obviously he's partying and all of that stuff. So that that's yeah. a gem of a film. The good thing of it is, is that after I'm done talking, it'll fade from most listeners' ears and they won't give it a second thought. There's a few that will actually seek it out, and I think the few that seek it out, it out will be rewarded. So I, I don't feel really bad for seeing it because, uh, you know, you have there's the pitch of saying it and then the drop off, <laughs> you know, and only a few will cling to the heights of the initial, you know. Uh, resonance of the the word immediately or the title i wrote it down bless your heart man uh one last question um or one of the last i should say i don't know if you guys have anything else but i, I could ask questions all night uh, no, kidding, right? <laughs> no, that's beautiful one man. thing that, that that was kind of glazed over quickly was your service mm-hmm. uh oh, army yes. oh yeah 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 when did I, you when see I... any uh did you see any shit because no. <laughs> that was the the time I'm looking at you know when you were making the film '96 or whatever. Right before then would have been the first Iraq War. Oh no 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 no! I'm I'm older than that, man. I uh, I joined up when I was 17, uh, so that would have been '84. It was crazy, man, because um, I didn't even have a driver's license, and they had me drive these armored vehicles, man. I got these guys' lives in my hand. We're driving in the middle of the night, going over in the desert with sand dunes going on these angles, you know, and I'm the driver with the infra green goggles and all of these guys lives are at stake and i said dude i mean I, I don't even have a driver's license you they entrusted me to do that <laughs> so yeah that was some, that was some crazy stuff man wow so where was this uh white sands new mexico i was based out in fort next to juarez and in, in el paso man fort bliss and then thank god man i got transferred we did then we went to from from the cavalry it was the air assault in Fort Campbell, Kentucky, and I saw green grass again. Uh, green grass again, because out in the desert, man, there there ain't there ain't no greenery down in like the the border area, man. It's just like desert. So yeah, so air assault in uh, Fort Campbell, the hundred. It was actually Jimi Hendrix unit, the hundred and first uh, airborne. So that he was in that too, man. I do actually have a Jimmy question. Jimi Hendrix I don't was wanna, in the hundred yeah, first. He was in the hundred and first, the Screaming Eagles. Oh, yep. Yes, he was. Wow, I didn't know that. No. See, I knew that, but I didn't know the whole Edison wise guy stuff. <laughs> but I do have a question, and 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 I know I'm I'm sticking the bear with a stick. Oh, please. I'm, I'm poking please. the bear with a stick. If you had a million dollars to make a movie, yeah, what would that movie look like, and what would it be? Um, it would actually. What we would do is we would try to really uh, be cool with the cost. We'd have to shoot it in Wisconsin and keep the cost down. It would. It kind of like what what the hell is going on? People be asking. Uh, uh, we would uh, build interiors of uh, of offices and uh, just that beautiful symmetrical architecture and stuff like that. So that's what I would do with. Do that you have kind a movie way. that you need that you want to make right now? I've I've written six feet. Well, I've written a lot, and uh, I don't have any. 
I when I was like 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all of those ages, I was oh man, I'm really impassioned emotionally, aesthetically, all of that stuff. I've been a little bit, uh, uh, you know. You have a killer scripts title. I think that would knock their socks off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, yeah, I did. I have written scripts. <laughs> I have uh, like, uh, I've written one recently. I mean, I, I have no problem showing it to anyone. It, it's it's tight. It's on the money. It's called Acid Killer Chicks. It takes place actually Sweet. in this town in the early seventies, man. So yeah, that's hey man, that's a period a, piece a million dollars could buy you some old yeah. cars and old uh, you know. Oh yeah, yeah, clothes old, and yeah, no, no, older that yeah, all that stuff's available. I mean, if somebody wants to do that and do it my way, I would do it. I've never thought about actually. I'm all I'm thinking about is polishing up the script. Actually, it comes in at he actually uh, pitched a show called Million Dollar Mark. And we news to me. News to me. We were going to raise a million dollars and give it to him and document him what he would do with it. And Whoa, Lee, you are prescient. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you, you are, have your man. finger on the pulse of reality go, television. Man. Need yeah. a producer? Yeah. Good work, man. <laughs> Glad I could be here. I Glad I could were... give that out to the world. I thought Sweet. for a second you were offering him a million dollars. Patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> patent pending. Yeah. So, so there isn't, there isn't, there isn't one in you that has to be made. I'm, I'm trying to figure out Mark Borchard, the director, the movie maker, and I don't. Yeah, I think what I what I well, what I've been trying to do is examine and try to get back to that initial enthusiasm, and again, that revolves around. Because um, I will interrupt yeah. you. The passion you had in, in American yeah. movie for that movie—that's what I found so inspiring. I was like, yeah. I can go do this. And I, yeah, I did. And I then did. never I at all costs. Yeah. You know, art at all costs yes. in some ways. In that well, no, movie, no, 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 you know? no. When you are young, you serve art, and when you're older, art serves you. You have. That that's just the way it works, man. Unless you're a radical, that's the way it works. Now, still what, I do, what I do, what I do, yeah, he's still a radical. The yeah. way you write. Have you yeah. heard this conversation? You're still a radical. <laughs> you're, yeah, yeah, I don't need to tell you. He's still very radical. Yeah, no. What I'm trying to do is, as scientifically proven, you can actually manifest happiness as you could a cupcake. So. <laughs> It's, it's no, it's true because a cupcake would make me happy. Thank you. <laughs> You're saying there's a recipe. Thank for you. Happiness. So what I'm trying to do is have a figure out a recipe for enthusiasm, which involves montage and composition, architecture, particular music, particular velocity, just etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So that's uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm attempting to do. I have a prediction. In like ten years. You don't have to listen to this, Mark. This is for everyone else. I got head. I can't okay. want to hear it anyway. <laughs> In ten years, Mark Borchard is going to put out an, an an opus that is going to just rock this world. Yeah, one of it, those it, Andy Warhol twenty four hour movies. Yes, right. And oh, it's, it's horrible filmmaker. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I've got, I've got, uh, yeah, no. I actually, I'm reading because uh, uh, I'm also a book critic. I got, I'm reading Va- uh, Valerie Solanas's. Uh, uh, biography. You know, she had um, attempted to assassinate uh, Warhol yeah, on yeah. That J- June third, sixty-eight. Then the uh, radical feminists appropriated her scum manifesto to, <laughs> to their own designs, and she, as this real obstinate individualist, uh, just. Uh, can, I mean, she, she was a radical individualist. Never got onto the fem- feminist side or anything like that. So anyway, that's. Um, because uh, what we're talking about, Andy War- Andy Warhol, just, he was you know he's probably kind of a maybe not the nicest guy, obviously very self centered, but he had his work <laughs> ethic down to a T, you know. And uh, what I always like years before finding out how he phoned in his journal, you know, which it comes to us as I think the Andy Warhol diaries in book form. 
Yeah, well, uh, the, the one thing that's very interesting, though, is that Warhol made his selfish personality, which a lot of people may say, you know, that guy's this or that. And he made that his, like, the, the idea of screen printing art is like, well, it's easier than painting original ones. And it sells. You know, I mean, it's that kind of sort of like, psh, whatever, art kind of sucks. But yet there's some kind of radicalism in in that, you know, the way the Campbell Zoop can and all that sort of stuff. It's interesting. Yeah, well, no, the actual, the actual radicalism falls on the people who bought that stuff, man, when he didn't even... we will probably admit that. Yeah, so I, he, I'm sure he doesn't have a problem with it. I mean, you can now... Uh, expand fully on that idea into the uh, contemporary realm with someone like Jeff Koons, who has a staff of over a hundred, and I mean his highest price thing is now uh, came in the fifty-eight million dollar range, and you know he's an, you know he's a supervisor of his art like Warhol, you know, but had other people do his bidding and so on and so forth. And so the radicalism is not their operation; it's the people who dish out the dough for that. And, you know, who's to say, is it is it the art or the artist? You know, that will always be in flux, that idea. Yeah, I, I have a question. Have you ever seen a movie, because we've talked a lot about, you know, representations of reality in movies, and the I, you keep uh, referencing, like, the William Greaves uh, yeah. movie. Yeah, oh, good, and, uh, so you know who that is. Thank I've you. I've heard yeah. of it, never. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some of these, some of the movies you have, re- you, the, you sent that list out earlier, and it, and it reads like the, uh, there's a video store in Chicago called... Uh, uh, odd obsession video and they literally have everything just name your exp- but it, that, that list you read earlier just looked like a, all i saw was a shelf at uh <laughs> at, uh, at uh, odd obsession video but but that representation uh, representation of reality have you ever seen real life uh, uh by um uh, albert brooks albert brooks my heroes yeah, it's, it's like it's in within the last thirty years, right? Yeah, it's yeah. seventy nine, I think. It's yeah, his first I, movie. I have yet to see that. And it's a parody of reality TV before reality TV existed, and it nails it before it. it you know, it, 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 he, it, it's it, it's you know what it's based on is that PBS documentary where they lived with the family for a couple months. Yeah, the American Family. The American. Oh yeah, that's like that. great. Okay, yeah, it's you. making fun of that actually, and not reality TV. But the hilarious thing is, Albert Brooks is like a showbiz guy, and he comes to this town, and it's kind of funny. I mean, it's almost like reflections of American movie or whatever. Like this film crew comes to town, and all the people are like the real people, and he's like, you know, we're here to make a real movie, you know, about your town, and we're really going to show America what it's all about. And he, and then he just goes into some showbiz number, which is super like Hollywood and stuff. But anyway, the cameras he's using to document these people are these gigantic, like, diving bell helmets. And the, the joke is, you can't help but change the reality by putting a camera in somebody's house. You're going to... So he just makes a fiasco of it. He, he's he's going to document a couple and breaks them up the very first day they're shooting. <laughs> And then has an affair with the wife. I mean, it's just insane. It's really, it's it's a a wonderful parody of something that had yet to exist. <laughs> well, you know what? That that's been that's been noted. That will be seen. It's in the journal. It's in the journal. Well, this ain't the journal. This is just a notebook. Okay. And which one are we is seeing? That he told us to ideas? see yeah. American Dream. American Dream. Or Dreamer. Yeah, the yeah, American yeah. Dreamer. Oh, I yeah, can't but wait I'll to check see out that. Real life. Yeah, sounds amazing. Yeah, we've traded movies. It's like a, yeah. we had some sort of peace meeting. You know, like <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We, we give you the wampum and we get the uh, me smoke them. Me smoke them. American Dreamer. You smoke them. Uh, real yep. life. Yeah. Thank like, you. Oh, and like a good writer, you have your journal at your. I mean, your uh, writing book at your at your side at all times in case an idea comes times, to you. Just, oh yeah. No. Then I got. Uh, <laughs> then I because this is this is I only only this. write in when I'm in Los Angeles. That's not a journal. It's a notebook. A notebook. But yeah. then this one, this is like when I w- have in the back of my jeans. I just started a 
another one. So this is where then I would keep. I would love to hear own. one line from from one of these two uh, um, tomes here. Yeah, and, and and while I look for it, uh, you know, if you ask me if hey, are you in a film? Well, I'm in Snapshot, uh, directed by Frankie Latina in Milwaukee. Actually, curiously enough, he's got Danny Trejo to town twice now. Modus operandi that, that and Snapshot, okay. both shot in Milwaukee, both uh, with Danny Trejo in it. And Snapshot actually has uh, Kate uh, Carradine in it as well. And and technically, she flew. They flew my daughter out. Sasha Gray flew Ooh. me out because uh, yeah, the girlfriend <laughs> experience. Uh-huh. Without, uh, do you like that movie? Oh, that was a dis- that was a. Def- I'll tell you something. That's a. I think that's a great movie. Dude, thank you. Yeah. Uh, this is what happened, man. I was, again, you guys live different lives. I was sitting on the couch with a group of people. Uh, for some reason, the girlfriend experience, they chose to watch it. I think maybe because of the Sasha Gray element. Sure. I don't think they weren't that <laughs> hip to the Steven Soderbergh element. So we didn't watch it. I immediately became fascinated. I understand that uh, this is very different, and I was quite curious as to what it means, where it's going. So I was fascinated yeah. by that aspect. These other guys watching it, started getting up from the couch, walking they around, condemning it. And the anger, the blood pressure, I said, okay, you know what? This is it with that kind of situation. And I think since then, I never cowtown to the populist proletariat uh, type films anymore after the girlfriend experience. And I'll tell you, we're going to share a moment here. The moment that, they, that that movie truly lost them but truly gained you, and I will say gained me, is when it switches to video and it's guys talking on a plane and you're in a completely other place, that movie becomes so fascinating at that moment and I'm like, I'm in. I'm in for the rest of the movie. This movie just takes a complete right turn, switches to characters we've never seen before in video format, and I'm like, uh, okay, okay. Because it's it's already sucked me in for the beginning of that. Anyway. Yeah, you're, but you're, I can tell that's where yeah. everybody gets lost in that movie. It's like, what the fuck is this? I'm not watching this. But it's Thank awesome. You. That's Thank an you. awesome moment. Thank yeah. you. All right, so give us some words of wisdom, and then we probably got to get you out of here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, well now, wait a second. You just swore, obviously, so it's all right, because I don't like to yeah. swear, but you can swear on oh, your show. Oh, feel free. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, say what you want, booger, uh, boobies, <laughs> titty, okay. titty fart. turd. Oh, yeah, no, no. Um, <laughs> so anyway, what I do is when I'm on, um, obviously this is far too high caliber to, to make any notes or of that, so I was at the, the Max Senate studios yesterday for this uh crazy show good-hearted people and what i do is quickly instead of you know talking small that's cool talk, being in that building isn't it the max yeah, oh yeah it's, that's where we went 19- for that uh tasting yeah yeah so i uh so what i began to do instead of you know just chit-chatting which i have zero interest in i began to formulate a script that takes place with uh, this uh, one Kind of inf- famous writer director coming in to go on a talk show. Zero but taste for chit chat. Then I apologize for the past hour, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, no, no, this is this is in, these are these are invigorating exchanges, <laughs> okay. man. Yeah. I'm talking about the, the movie uh, guys is invigorating exchanges. <laughs> it's not chat. Yeah, it's yeah. invigorating. The hell? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just talking about that low energy <laughs> stuff that uh, just takes the life out of you. That that uh, formulaic attrition which robs the soul uh, furtively but inevitably. So. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. You couldn't have said that at all. I couldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> so we interrupted you. Sorry, Mark. No, actually, that's the one thing that I am writing down what you guys just said. <laughs> nice. That's a good exchange. I want that I want that line out there. Fervent. <laughs> Fervent exchange. Couldn't have said it better of myself. Discourse and concept. Yeah. All right. Look at that. The movie, guys. The, the, the movie showcast. Today. Those are pretty fascinating. Inspiring. We're inspiring people. 
I try to stop us. But this this is this is what should happen here. It's great. It's there's so many times something will happen as I I will have my writing book with me as mm-hmm. well, and something will happen and you'll and you'll think oh I gotta I gotta write that down but you don't. That's that's death. Oh, I've for, lost. For I've lost twenty movies like that. I've yeah. lost. I've lost hours of stand up. I've lost. Oh, that just, l- that uh, lucid yeah. moment as you're about to go to sleep and you get the best idea you've ever had. But every once in a while, you do write those down and you wake up in the morning. And you go, "This is shit." This is. <laughs> I clearly was half asleep when I thought this was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, thank Mark Borchard, everybody. Yeah. Yes. Woo! Thank you. Hey, that's a good movie chat. You're a real movie guy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I do want to thank you for coming by, Mark, yeah. and, and I am a huge fan of American movie. I don't know how you feel about that, but I was even a bigger fan of yours after that. I used to read your blog on a daily basis oh. back then, and I just found your perspective and your approach to life just so motivating and uplifting. Well, thank One you One of these much. days I'm going to make something of myself. No, no, you will. You have, and you will continue to do so. See, this guy's great. God. Can you come every week? Yes. Yeah. That'd be great. Kristen, fly him out here. It's not a big deal, is it? You guys are loaded. The Russell Ruth Productions, so you got money all over the place. Oh, yeah. Fly Mark out here every week. That's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Thank you for wrangling. <laughs> yes, and look for Mark Borchardt's Out and About. Yeah. See the clip now to get you excited for Adventures with his daughter, because he expands that into Adventures with all sorts of interesting and cool people we're finding out. And, of course, he is an interesting and cool person himself. Thanks for coming in, Mark. Yep, yeah. and follow me at More the Scarier on that T-word thing. Uh, more the Scarier? Named after I, more remember the more, scarier. I remember More the Scarier. Named yes. after one of the old films, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, Thank yeah. you. Oh, one last question. I yes. always wondered from American movie, what's the plot line to, is it I Blow Up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was great. Uh, well, that's right, the one yeah. you made when you were a kid and yeah. the kid blows up. Yeah, I believe that was 84, 82 or 84. See, now that's the memory. I think it's 82. I think I think it's all in the title, Adam. Okay, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I guess you blow up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is all, and we'll be back in a few minutes to uh, wrap up the showcast. Stay with us. Bucket list. And that wraps another movie showcast. Uh, follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, as well as YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, LinkedIn, all that shit. We're we, on LinkedIn? We have, we, I post the show there. <laughs> By the way, if we have any job openings at the brewery, we'll be putting them on our uh, LinkedIn page. Yeah. Uh, although we haven't done a Vine in a while. We, should do some we haven't. Yeah. Fuck Vine. <laughs> well, we're there. <laughs> thanks to Mark Borchert. Too much. This is too much, okay, guys? Thanks to Jamie Clark Elvington sitting in. And, of course, to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. You know what? Ironically, we didn't have any major screw-ups when Jamie wasn't in her usual position to correct them. Oh. You yeah. were right here to correct them, and you didn't have to. I didn't. It's probably because you were turning us where we needed to go. The show went pretty well. In the moment, yeah. Plus, Let's it's hear us- our notes. It's usually Lee's mic, so <laughs> yeah, <that's true. laughs> we're good. And remember, you can always find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. See you next week where we talk Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which, I will say, early Uh, reviews are really good. They're saying it's the Empire Strikes Back of a Planet of the Apes That's a big term. You know, I like anything there's... the first one was fucking Anything there's four of, and there's this is like the eighth Planet of the Apes movie. (laughs) I'm going to watch all of them. That's four times two. Uh, You're so happy. So exciting. See you next week. (laughs) Woohoo!